What's up, guys? Welcome to Spawncast. Thanks for joining us tonight, Saturday night at 9. Thank you so much. I know Dragon Ball just went up or Dragon Ball Super went up. I'll watch that later, but thanks for coming here instead of watching that. Um, I have a couple people joining me tonight. Philip uh, is sorry, but he can't join tonight because it is Philip's birthday. So he is uh, he's out doing birthday stuff, dinners and whatnot. So if you want to wish him a happy birthday, he'll be back on next week. He, he went ahead and told me that, so we'll see him then. But I do have Max... Dreamcast guy on with us tonight. Max, how are you doing? Fantastic, as always. Good, good, man, good. Uh, and, of course, Evan over there in that second box. Nate. Looking bright, bright as usual. <laughs> <laughs> um, your uh, your video went over well, man. People like it. Seems to have, yeah. Yeah, good job with Star Fox 2, man. Very good. Very good. And then we have uh, Jesse from Game Over Jesse. How's it going, man? Going great. How are you? Good, good. Another another night, man. Another night. So, uh, uh Max, tell me, you watched that that Castlevania yes, uh, yes, series, I, didn't you? I haven't watched it yet. Uh, Evan, did you watch it? Uh, not yet, but it's definitely on my okay. list. Jesse, did you watch it yet? Not yet. I've been busy uh, working on videos and stuff, so not had okay. too much free time to watch. Okay, Max, uh, without spoiling it for everyone, <laughs> what did... Uh, what did you think? It's it is extremely good. I actually watched it twice back to back. Just cuz it's actually on the shorter side, you can get through the whole series in like 90 minutes, but holy hell, they take it in a totally different direction than I would have expected. Like now, now this is this is Addy Shankar who did this, right? I think so. Yes, yes. Yes. Um, and, did you did you uh, now did it use some of the the standard characters? Or did they create original characters? For yeah. This no, no. No. It's all it's all standard characters. It's it's the Belmont family. It's got Trevor Belmont from Dracula Three. Dracula is very much done in the art style that we know. The action and and monster design like it's dead on. It it also has a few other surprise characters that I don't want to say anything about, but. It, it is dead on 100% Castlevania down to the core, and it is awesome. Even if you're not a fan, holy hell, is it worth a watch. Yeah, okay, okay, good. That's good to know. And it's done in, like, an anime style, right? It, it is, and you have to – I felt like I had to adapt to that because anime style, it's it's a kind of a low frame, frame rate anime style. So, like, when people are walking around and talking, it's very minimalist in its art. But once people start fighting and flipping off uh, rafters and swinging swords around, it, like, all of a sudden the, the frame rate and animation quality spikes. So you have to kind of get used to that. But once I, like, soak that in, I was, I was in for the ride. Wow, okay, good, good. Yeah, I'm excited then. I'm going to go – see, I've been trying to catch up on House of Cards. I guess I'll go watch that instead. <laughs> but if I can get through it in, like, basically a feature-length film time, yeah. that's good. That's yeah. good. I got to make time for that. I still have to see Spider-Man. There's so much stuff I have to go see still. Um, Our lives are so hard. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I figured I'd have more time when I started doing <laughs> YouTube full-time, but I actually don't have yeah. any more time. I'm always thinking about the next video, so that's like yep. what I'm always on top of. Um, but uh, Jesse, you said you were working on some new videos. Do you have anything uh, coming up that you want to talk about for a minute? Um, today, well, actually like 30 minutes ago, right in time for the podcast, I just finished, um, I kind of got influenced a little bit by Dreamcast Guy, and I decided to, um, some of the videos that I did, like the top five canceled games videos, are already sort of list videos, so I thought about just doing a full top ten list video, and the first one that I just finished was the top ten, uh, biggest mysteries in gaming so oh very that sounds cool. interesting yeah. Yeah. very nice very nice that'd be cool when are you when are you planning on having that out hopefully tomorrow 
I usually try to schedule my posts for about 3 a.m. Eastern time of the day after I uh, make them. So. Okay. Very good. That's exciting. That's cool, man. Um, yeah. I was, I was, uh, yeah, because I see uh, Max. I see you doing the top top ten list. Right? It's usually ten, right? Yep, I always do a top ten list. Like like twice a year, I'll throw in a top five for fun. I have a, a fun top five coming up in a week or two. I'm doing a top five on a on like I think not this Monday, but the next Monday, and a top ten. So I'm gonna do a top five worst Final Fantasy since uh, this is the anniversary of Final Fantasy, thirtieth anniversary. Yeah, I was uh, I was thinking about finally doing a top list, um, but it's gonna be yeah. a little while before I do it. But I, yeah. I don't know. I was gonna do like a top six or top some weird number. I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to seem like I'm like getting in on it too much, but I was gonna. I was thinking like top six, like saddest video game deaths or something like that. Yeah, I did. So I did uh, one of those. I did a top ten of that a couple years ago, and the, uh, all the comments were every comment was, "Oh, spoilers, bro!" Like, what did you watch this for? <laughs> I, I figured I was gonna. I figured I'd have to be like spoilers. You I know, did, right at away. the beginning too. I was like, if you think it's a game and you don't want to get spoiled, just skip forward a minute. And hundreds of comments went, "Bro, I can't believe the character died." Like. Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, I was like, I was I, one of my favorite. I guess my number one would probably be uh, 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 the the Zach dying in um, Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what's called on the PSP? You know, Crisis, Crisis Core. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was such a good ending, and yeah. uh, I feel like no one really played it, unfortunately. But that ending was so well done. Like it was yeah. everything to it was great. So. Well, especially especially because right after you escape the laboratory and you beat all this stuff, and then you just get into a war that you can't win. It's yes, just they it, make you control them too and get killed. Yeah. basically. and that was one of the one of the first games I'd ever seen that had an unwinnable battle battle that literally ends with a cutscene of you just bleeding out on the ground and then yep. flying up to heaven. It was like, what is this yeah, going on? Yeah, what's his name comes down? Angel comes down and gets Angel, you yeah. up into the into the heavens and stuff. That was such a cool ending. So people, I, man, people are really hoping because uh, in the Final Fantasy remake they're making right now, the director has gone on record and said that they plan on making, uh, they want to incorporate a lot of elements from Crisis Core because I think a lot of people miss that. So there's a chance we may see that as a cutscene, or we may actually get to have weird flashbacks where we're playing as Zack and then clicking forward to Cloud. So ho- hopefully more people get to see that amazing scene. That would be really cool because that story was pretty good too. It had yeah. a lot to do with the Bible too, actually. If you look it, at yep, it, yep, it did, yeah. Um, but it was it was pretty fun. Evan, uh, did you see all the people in the comments? Uh, did you see what game they were asking you to do, do next or us to do next? Uh, nah, I didn't get that no. far. Oh, you got to read your comments, man. I, everybody yeah. wants everybody wants a, a retro thing on Mother Three. I heard yeah. it. I saw a couple of people say it. I didn't <laughs> see a ton of people, but it's perfectly fine. Do Mother Three, yeah. <laughs> yeah. With our history of actually building these things, might as well. That's true. I have a Mother Three card around here somewhere. Oh, yeah. I've got oh, Earthbound yeah. Recut. That's one of my favorite repros. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I've made that one a couple times for people. <laughs> I, <laughs> I told you. Wait, you weren't here last week when I said that uh, Earthbound actually has piracy protection, were you? No, no. I why oh. would I have not heard that? Yeah, it's pretty funny. It's uh, real quick. I said this last week, but uh, Earthbound has a piracy protection where if it detects that there it is a pirated copy, whether it's like the RAM isn't quite right or the board's not right, mm-hmm. it'll still let you play it. But you get to a point like. 15, 20 hours in where you cannot win. It just kills you every time. All the bosses oh, yeah. become like infinite level and they do like thousands of damage every time. It's pretty funny. Just becomes yeah. super hard mode. They totally, they have that with uh, Chrono Trigger on the DS. Uh, so when you first get, you start the game, you can make your name, you can play through the intro, but when you get to the first time portal and it's like, oh no, and you get pulled into it and you're supposed to do like your first flashback, it just stays on that screen forever. Like you go into the time warp, but it just does the time warp forever. The game just basically breaks itself. Like, yep. bro, this is what yep. you did yourself. 
Earthbound, well, Chrono Trigger is weird because it has two address lines that are flipped. So you actually have to rewire some of the chip for it to work, even though it technically is supposed to be like a regular, uh, like like uh, Earthbound's like a high ROM and so is Chrono Trigger, but address lines are flipped around. So you have to do that. Otherwise, it will do exactly what you're saying. Mm -hmm. So we always would have to go through the time warp to make sure it worked because we would make uh, Crimson Echoes, which is like the um, like the fan done like a sequel almost to Chrono Trigger. And that yeah. one's actually really hard to make because it was six megabytes and the chips you can only hold were four. So you had to get two chips and fit them inside the cartridge. It was really <laughs> difficult. My but. friend got one of those. Uh, he got this one that's Final Fantasy four, five, and six all on one Super Nintendo cartridge where you like, it's one of those ones where you like hold reset for two seconds and mm -hmm. it goes to the next game. And it feels like it's two pounds. It is yep. just so yep. <laughs> Yeah, three chips, the way it works, they actually take a counter. You can get them from NES games because there are certain NES games that had counters um, mm -hmm. for different things. And they'd actually wire it in, and uh, it starts with zero, and then every time you press the reset button, it actually counts up one. Yeah. That's how it works. It's actually kind of neat. Um, I've actually made a couple of these. I even made one where there's a switch on the side that could switch between Castlevania. Uh, there was some there was some ROM hack of Castlevania and then Castlevania 4 something, and it, you could actually switch between them just by pushing the switch. That's awesome. Stuff, stuff, like, stuff like that is so cool to have in my collection just because I can invite people over and just be like, here's a game you've never heard of, but I play it on Super Nintendo. Ah, <laughs> oh, see, so you would have come to the you would have come to our store all the time then. I'd I had some pretty cool repros in there. <laughs> I'll say here. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna grab two of my favorite ones while we're on this topic. Oh, that's fine. Sounds good. Yeah, uh, we we would make reproduction carts a lot for people and we would buy them all the time. But um it was pretty which ones did you grab? I got this is the original Clock Tower. For people who have mm -hmm. never known, Clock Tower yeah. actually started in Japan on the Super Nintendo. This is considered one of the earliest survival horror games ever made. It's a point-and-click adventure, and it's super bad. But holy crap, do I love having a piece <laughs> of history. It's so slow. You, like, click it, and she's like, oh, no, I'm getting chopped up. Like, uh, panic, bitch. What's interesting is Clock Tower was one of the ones that people always wanted me to make was Clock Tower. It's really good, I, especially because it's this cool blood red cartridge. It says really generally. Oh, yeah. Like, by the way, this is not an official game, and if you try and pretend it is, we'll sue you. And then on the back, uh, and then I've got the Super Mario World Return to Dinosaur Land. It's the one yep. that's like the super ultra hard. It's considered like one of the best ROM hacks. It's all, uh, what do they call it? A, a vanilla ROM hack. It's just basically yeah. 200 new levels of the original Mario that are made to end your day badly. <laughs> yep, that one's actually pretty easy to make too. Yeah. Uh, actually, if you watch the... um. The Dragon Ball Z one that I made, you make more the exact same way. I watched that video and it was I felt like I needed a PhD in electronics. I was like <laughs> I was like, okay, now he's speaking uh, Chinese. I'm gonna watch think, this. If that's bad, you should see some of the other ones I do, man. If I make a Star Fox cartridge, Star Fox 2 cartridge, your head might explode. <laughs> I just get a nosebleed, like it's too perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it's um it gets pretty serious. There are some really small pins to solder. Um yeah, and someone's saying in the chat, I used to make brutal Mario all the time too. Um, which was known as, I think, Kaiser Mario before, and then it turned into Brutal Mario. That had some of the coolest aspects to it. Like, um, if you've never played it, um, there's a level where you use the Fire Flower, and you throw fireballs, and it actually takes out pieces <coughs> of wood underneath, and you got to try to get through a maze that way. Holy, and, wow. Yeah, they also gave you the Leaf Shield from Mega Man, and then you fight, like, Dr. Wily in the game, the tree <laughs> from Kirby. Um, it's actually really cool. Yeah, it's, it's just super hard, though. It's not easy. Like, if you can get past the first, like, world without, like, breaking controller it's it's you're pretty good <laughs> but it's fun that one i've made a bunch of times too and uh, people like that um how hard is it to oh to snes made rgb mod it's kind of difficult um but if you can get it to rgb uh, you're gonna get a pretty good picture i've been looking at modding the dreamcast rgb however there's just a cable i can buy so yeah i have like five of them in fact i have one like right here they're great i love it yeah. they they, they like clean up really well 
Oh, good. Yeah, I went to, there's a place that are around us called Second and Charles. I went there and they had one, but the box was ripped apart and everything. I went up to ask how much it was and they were trying to sell it for $30. I think and, I pay, uh, I think I paid 30 or 40 for mine, but I got the best one in the world. I got one where oh. you can, you can do an RGB out one way or you can just do S video out the other and both are just super clean. Oh, it was just, it was just straight up cable um, to VGA. So oh, there was no that converter box. Yeah, that, yeah. Is that, I think that one usually says Racket Boy. I own that one mm -hmm. as well and it's so bad. Yeah, I'm looking for a box, just a straight up VGA box, because the TV yeah. behind me that's playing Power Stone 2 right now has VGA on it. So, mm -hmm. um, and then I got to find a VGA capture card, which is harder than you think to find. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I don't know. I don't. I don't really want to capture well, composite when the Dreamcast puts out such a clean VGA image. So if you're willing to put down the money, something that's really interesting is you can get the one where it's a RGB to HDMI converter, and they just put it into an HDMI capture card. That's what I do. I've it, seen it, that. Yeah. It, it upscales to 1080p, and like for people who have never seen it, go on YouTube and like look at people playing Dreamcast games in 1080p. It will blow your mind how 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 modern those games look even now. So it's um it's it that's interesting that might be a good strategy though to just go to be uh, HDMI because I have obviously we have everyone has an Elgato of some kind so yep yep why not um but uh let me um let me talk actually Max you weren't here neither of you guys were here for the Super Nintendo Classic conversation were you uh I don't I don't think so no yeah we talked about it last week um we talked about what did we talked about Star Fox Two. I mean, what's what's your take on it, Max? The the Super Nintendo Classic, real quick. S super interesting, but I gotta be honest. I actually feel a little bit bad for the developers. For those who didn't hear, the people who actually made Star Fox Two, they're not gonna be paid any royalties, even though they nope. completed the game. They're like it's not being acknowledged. They weren't told that there was actually getting published. Literally, they found out when everybody else found out. So the, the like six guys who actually made Star Fox Two met in a bar and like toasted, like, "Hey, our game's finally out." Twenty-two <laughs> years later. Yeah, but I mean, they, um, I mean, they were paid for their time when they were working on it. Oh they're, yeah, you're just yeah. saying they're not going to pay any bonuses based on sales or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I do feel like that would be kind of bittersweet. Like, obviously, I, I write a lot of scripts that get turned into videos. There's a lot of scripts I write that never see the light of day, and I think it'd be a little bit weird if one of my scripts later was found on a USB and turned into a movie <laughs> or something. I'd kind of be like, man, that sucks ass. <laughs> <laughs> what's your uh, What's your take on the Super Nintendo Classic, Jesse? Uh, I'm I'm really excited for it. I think whenever the NES Classic was announced, everyone thought this was going to be the obvious next thing. Um, it kind of makes me wonder if, like, <clears throat> because the way, to my knowledge, the way that Nintendo manufactures their uh, consoles is they'll, like, rent out one factory for a certain amount of time to allow them to produce a certain amount of Nintendo Switches or Wii U's or whatever. And I'm wondering if this is actually going to be taking away from Switch or if they ordered factory time for the production of the Super Nintendo Classic alongside the Switch. So okay. I'm, yeah. I'm wondering if, like, how they're kind of competing with each other. Maybe um, they like lowered production of the 3DS Mm -hmm. since I don't imagine too many more people going out and buying them. So maybe this is taking the place of that production time. I'm just curious about that because there's a lot of people that still wanting the Nintendo Switch and Nintendo just released the new 2DS XL and now they're going to be producing the Super Nintendo Classics. So it makes me wonder if that's going to eat into people's chances that don't have a Switch but mm -hmm. really want to get one. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting because now we're seeing numbers coming out from Japan because of course we don't get anything shared from the MPD until like 
like the third week of the following month, which means we'll probably get uh, June numbers, what, like July 20 something. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but we see the switch is definitely supply constrained. So it's a little concerning because we see the PS4 outselling the switch in yeah. Japan, but it seems like the switch is just selling out because it keeps selling that like same, like 21 to 22,000 yeah. units every single week. And we hear about lotteries in Japan to win a ticket to then go pay money to buy a switch and it's the craziest thing so now nintendo needs to really look at their their supply chain and their parts that apparently they have an issue with and maybe you're right jesse maybe they uh maybe they should really focus on the switch more right now it seems um it seems interesting because the 3ds i think it's hard for them to walk away from the 3ds right now with the the massive user base because if they walk away from the 3ds then the only thing they have right now is the switch that has maybe four Four million units out there, maybe a little more than that. And I, I have a feeling that's tough for a company that only relies on their game sales. They probably need the switch to be to like seriously like 10 or 12, 13 million, maybe even to to kind of slowly back away from the 3DS. Yeah. And uh, I think that's why and it's so easy for for companies to put these games on. That's why Pokemon is gonna make another appearance on the 3DS because it's it's money that they would be throwing away if they didn't do it. Yeah. My uh this is, might be a little bit off topic, but it still has to do with the Super Nintendo Classic and even the NES Classic. My hope is that since it doesn't look like they're going to be going back to the NES Classic and the Super Nintendo Classic is going pro to be probably just as limited as the NES Classic, mm -hmm. if they, for the Switch, sold something akin to the NES Remix pack that you could buy for the Wii U, to where it was all of the NES classic games, all 30 of them, I believe, and then all 21 of the Super Nintendo classic games. If they came out and made a statement like, hey, we know a lot of people were excited for the Super Nintendo classic, but they weren't able to go out and purchase them because of limited supply or whatever, but we are releasing this that has all of the same games, but you can also play it on the go on your Switch. I don't think anyone would have a problem going out and buying that little cartridge for $60 if it has all of these same classic games that the Super Nintendo Classic would. I, I've seen people saying that exact thing, Jesse. I've seen a lot of people actually saying those, basically those exact words. If people being like, I will pay $80 just to have a cartridge that plays those games like i've been seeing people say that about the snes classic because a lot of people are actually a little bit disgruntled about it because they're like this is super amazing but i do all my gaming on the switch now so many people now exclusively game on the switch so as soon as you start telling them hey here's another project to hook up into your two hdmi ports they're gonna be like what so i have seen people be like just give me the snes classic cartridge for my switch and i'll pay 80 or maybe even 100 bucks just so that i can keep playing it on the go this is yeah, I mean, the games that are, are there, it's, it's worth 80 bucks, right? Go ahead. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is why a lot of people are talking about how they want it on the virtual console that should be coming with the online functionality. It's kind of super important for these people, and it would be amazing, especially with games like Star Fox 2, which has a multiplayer mm -hmm. mode, to be able to play it online with other people on the Switch, which would just be incredible compared to mm -hmm. the little console. So that would be a pretty amazing thing for them to drop. Yeah, I mean, online could really add functionality to all of these games well most of them anyway you know like maybe you have contra that has two players and all of a sudden you can have online co-op for that you know? <laughs> and let's not forget the fact that nintendo has already specifically said that they plan on going back and when they add the digital versions of snes games they're implementing online play so it's not much of a stretch to assume that at some point all of these games are going to be sold individually digitally with multiplayer online 
That'd be cool. I mean, if you really think about it, though, the SNES Classic, I think Nintendo is taking that and they're targeting people that don't have a Switch, really, or, or, or people yeah. that don't yeah. buy game consoles. You know, yeah. that's what the NES Classic was geared towards. Well, it also feels yeah. like a stopgap because, I mean, we did just talk about how it's hard for them to release Switches. Maybe this is how they keep money churning to try to maybe outbid mm-hmm. people who are buying out those memory chips and stuff. So it's. Mm-hmm. Kind of that's a, a good thing. point. That's a good point. Maybe they yeah. could do something where they uh, where they throw on tack on. You know, I mean, honestly, the the chips in the in that aren't going to be that large, but they could be mm-hmm. like, hey, give us X amount of your thirty two gig chips, and then give us X amount of your I don't know one gig chips or something, and yeah. we'll take all of those from you too. Which the com- what's the company going to do with one gig chips? You know, <laughs> they're nothing. So they're like, oh yeah, here we'll give you all those too. I mean, really, there's a couple things they could have done with this because th- I think at this point it's pretty obvious. The issue seems to be with their um their flash chips. This this 32 gig flash chip that they're fighting Apple for. I yeah. said it a couple times. I I think they probably could have offered a multi year deal because they're going to buy these 32 gig flash chips for five, six, seven years even. And then Apple, I have a feeling, is going to phase that model out maybe even as early as next year with the iPhone 8 or iPhone 9. Mm-hmm. And then it, it won't matter to them. They don't want to make a multi-year deal. Whereas Nintendo is like, hey, we're in this for the long haul. You know, sell us chips. So mm-hmm. I feel like that might be why all of a sudden, you know, the switch, uh, the flow of switches is happening again, like they're saying in interviews. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I, I have a feeling that Nintendo is still a little bit like Nintendo just now is realizing how giant Switch is. I kind of get the feeling that even they were a little bit skeptical about its success. But now that it's hit the ground running, they're probably regretting not signing that contract. But they're probably still a little bit gun shy about running to the manufacturers now, six months into the game and being like, hey, uh, I'd really, really love if you'd sign this three year deal that's going to screw Apple a little bit. Yeah, that's tough, especially when Apple controls so many uh, devices. You know, I mean, what kind of orders do they put in? Do they go, hey, we need 40 million flash chips? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to yeah. sell them all next year. Why not? You know, and it's like, geez. Even, you know, even console, even even Sony with their PS4, if they had to, they couldn't compete with Apple either. So it's yeah. I mean, really the only company that might be able to is Microsoft, but then they wouldn't want to spend that much money on it anyway. So. Yeah, that, that's the main body of Microsoft that could yeah. like that, and they probably yeah. don't really care that much. Not their game division, maybe maybe that, but they don't. I don't <laughs> think they whatever Microsoft is going to sell, it's not going to sell as many things as what the iPhone will. The only only mm. company that might be able to fight them on it is Samsung. Yeah, um, that's just the way it is. Cell phones are hot. Everybody upgrades their cell phone every two years anyway. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Everybody needs a cell phone. Not everybody needs a game console. So, um, so I mean, I, I assume you know Nintendo, Sony, or Microsoft would like it to be that way. But even like laptop computers are on the downswing. Oh really? So, oh yeah. Oh oh. I, laptop computers have been dropping in sales for the past four years. I I've always kind of theorized, and I could be dead wrong. I've always kind of figured everything is going to go to the super tablet direction. I feel like in the next ten years, everybody's going to have a tablet that when you go home, it plugs into a keyboard, and when you're on the go, it just works like a like a laptop, a little fold out cover case. It's, yeah, you're thinking of the the like the Microsoft Surface, right? Yeah, except not so shitty. Yeah, <laughs> the Surface Pro isn't bad if you've seen yeah. that. It's just really expensive. Like yeah, thousand dollars for like something that's halfway decent. Um, yeah, but the, you're right. You're right. It's good. Tablets are popular right now. They they keep going up in sales. Um, and uh, cell phones really basically they're getting away with these things with keyboards that have to travel with you. You know that don't have the best battery life. Mm-hmm. So everybody's trying to scramble to try to figure out how to make laptops work for people. That's why I see them get like you know super thin. Yeah, um, which is terrifying to me. I can't imagine walking around with like this fucking two thousand dollar piece of paper and just being like, "Don't break, <laughs> don't break." 
Well, they're trying to. I think now they're they're trying to put like like solid aluminum in there. Even I mean, uh, there was one laptop we had for repair, and it was steel was inside, so it was really thin, but it was like. I mean, it was, it was heavy. Sixty or seventy pounds. It was yeah, it was heavy, but Whoa. it was strong. Like you wouldn't, you weren't able to bend it or anything. It was like a business class, like like one of the two thousand dollar ThinkPad ones. Mm. So you weren't gonna break that thing. But yeah, that's that's just the way the market's going. Um, everything everything is up, but tablets. I mean, or I'm sorry, but uh, but laptops, and that's just the way it'll probably keep going. Even desktop computers, man, they they don't sell well either. Mm. So. Um, but I do think at this point, everyone just wants cell phones. I mean, even like tablets will probably eventually start having a hard time too. Um, to where they're not, you know, gangbusters compared to a laptop. Mm-hmm. Well, so. I think the, the phablet is going to be the big thing. I, I, I have a lot of friends, <laughs> like I, I, I hate how cringy that term is, but I have a lot of friends yeah. that have them now and they love it where it's like, it's like a giant phone, except it doesn't do phone stuff. And you walk around with it. A lot of times they'll even have internet functions. They'll just walk around and get out this giant uh, cringe load thing and be able to like search stuff while they're at Barnes and Noble or whatever. And they're, they're cool. And I definitely think that's, that might be the stopgap future instead of just carrying around PCs or laptops. Sure. Yeah. Sure. There's yeah. only like two or three inches of a difference between like the iPad minis and oh, then, yeah, like, the yeah. larger <laughs> cell phones anyways. So like, yeah. Let me, um, let me, let me ask you something, Jesse, let's talk about this real quick since we're, we're here early. Um, did you got that doc sent to you, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, Nintendo Switch Mini Duck, the fans, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, you you were in the middle of making your video, uh, like like you said on Twitter, but uh, you caught a, gl- a glimpse of the the video I put out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, I uh, I thought it was interesting um, because I'm sure we get sent a lot of the same stuff uh, mm-hmm. since we share the same audience base, and I your video went up the day that I began working on mine. So I watched it and seen what you had to say about it. And then I was in the middle of making my video when the next day you uploaded your second video and you took down your original video on it and talking about how it was basically the same board inside of it that was it Samsung? Uh, the SwitchCon uses the same board. And then the uh, the C-Force, which was the original thing that it's all based around is the $30 adapter in uh, China. And now the C-Force 2 is out. That's actually even smaller than the uh, th- that C-Force 1 that we were talking about. But yeah, it's all the same board. Yeah, and it was basically just one company or one person probably buying up all of one thing and then just rebranding it as something else to take advantage of all of the people who would be interested in having like a super on-the-go portable switch dock. So. Yeah, my, my big problem with it wasn't so much that they're selling them. It's that they were passing them off as a, a new original idea and trying to get people to crowdsource it because what they were pretty much trying to do was get the money up front, order these docs, and then send them out and probably walk away, based on what SwitchCon is, probably like thirty grand is mm-hmm. what they're probably going to walk away with. Um, maybe twenty five if they have to do some extra manufacturing and shipping or something, and um, I just that that just rubbed me the wrong way. That's why I took it down. And it feels like they sent like all YouTubers one almost like well everyone <laughs> who does like switch stuff because Philip got one, you got one, I got one, and um, a few other people who do switch stuff got one too. Yeah. Um, I, I don't. I, I assume you did. You you didn't get one, did you, Dreamcast guy? No, I, I didn't even. I didn't even ask for one. Usually, I get so many business emails that are just nonsense stuff. I overlook a lot of that. We want to send you this accessory that also smells like popcorn. Like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay. Good. Yeah. So that that happened, and I um, 
I put the video out. Uh, they never got back to me. I wasn't really expecting them to. Um, for some reason, people were saying my quote was still up on their on their site, which is kind of funny, <laughs> mm -hmm. on their kicks, on their Indiegogo. But yes, uh, it's weird that there are two different ones. One's on Kickstarter, one's on Indiegogo. So either one side originated it, and the other one copied, or they're both copying off of C4. My, I was thinking maybe SwitchCon, because if you look at the SwitchCon compared to the regular one, um, it, it looks very similar. And I thought, well, maybe the people who are doing SwitchCon were the originators of it. Like, mm -hmm. maybe they're the ones who originally created that C-Force, and then they were like, well, it works for the Switch. Let's bring it over to the States as a Switch adapter. And to me, that'd be okay. But then Spans is using the same board. Now, either they're the same company, and that's not good because that means they're doing two different crowdsourced things under two different names on two yeah. different sites. Or one is copying off the other and saying, this is an original product. We're using the exact same board, but we 3D printed a new plastic mold for it, so that should count. Um, well, as, as somebody who studies businesses a lot, like it's kind of a hobby of mine to read about businesses, this sort of reminds me of, uh, it's going to sound like a weird tangent, but I promise it has a point. So in 1994, there was this guy who discovered like, hey, I can make liquid soap for really cheap. Liquid soaps everywhere. People are all making different types of liquid soap. So what he did was he decided to buy the only 3 million pump top caps in the world. There were only 3 million pump top taps because nobody had even thought of this at the time. And he basically started selling the first ever soap that you put next to your sink and you pump down the thing and you get a little soap in your hand. He was the first guy in the world who decided to take two existing products and combine them. And it was immediately so popular, Glade came in and had to buy the rights to him for like $16 million. And I, I know a lot of companies try and do that where it's like, I'm going to take two existing things and I'm going to try and combine them and hope the original companies buy the rights off me. And it's this seemed like one of those situations. It seemed like I'm going to take this existing board and I'm going to put a slightly fancier gray box on it that's still an octagon and I'm going to hope they buy the rights for me for $10 million and instead they did it. So I thought, but I thought it was odd because... Um, Spans is the one that sent it out to YouTubers, where SwitchCon did not. Um, SwitchCon hit their goal pretty quick. Now, uh, when I got the adapter, at least they reached out to me for, for Spans, they were at about $5,000 uh, of a $10,000 goal. As of now, after people started putting YouTube videos up, they're at uh, almost $42,000. Oh, dang. So they, got, they are funded. Um, it will come to market. The only way is unless Indiegogo or somebody shuts it down. But realistically, if I was Kickstarter or Indiegogo, I probably wouldn't shut it down because they definitely get a cut of that. <laughs> like that's, uh, I assume they'll probably get like three grand off of it maybe. So they're not going to. Yeah. But um, I'm curious if this ever comes to market. Like, are they actually going to sell them? I don't know. It, or this is just one off. I'm not sure. Um, but there is, people are asking in the comments, there is the Seaforce 2 over on Oh man, taboo, tabo. I'm not really sure to say it, <laughs> but it's a Chinese site that is um, doing pre-orders on them. It's actually nicer than the adapters now because um, it's smaller. It's almost like a. If you look at it, it's like it has the cable coming out, but instead of being like a, a round box, it's like a um, almost like a large kind of USB box almost, and uh, it looks it looks pretty good. It's I think it's like forty five dollars right now pre-order, mm -hmm. so it's not bad. Um, but. That, that's that's really all, all that happened. I didn't hear anything from them. They'll fund, and it'll kind of move on from there. But um, it happens sometimes, I guess. Um, but, yes, uh, anyone who sends me stuff, you have to expect me to open it. So <laughs> yeah. um, it's going to happen. I'm, I'm waiting for the parody video of the Super Nintendo Classic where you open it up, and it's just the actual cartridge of the games. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> I was gonna what I was gonna what I was thinking about doing was starting my own Kickstarter. Uh, I figure a little painter's tape and then a, a permanent marker on top of the fans will let me start my own Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me. Do y'all uh, <laughs> remember the, that, the whole mess with the uh, Coleco Chameleon? Did y'all hear about that? Yes. Oh, that was so bad. I, I followed it and then I saw Pat uh, picked it yep. up and he has punk. Yep. Um, that, but that, which is a shame because I used to follow Gamester eighty one heavily like this is a long yeah. time like i've been on youtube since it was nothing but cat videos and i'm not even yeah. kidding Same, yeah <laughs> um, and uh game story one was like one of my favorite youtubers and then man that turned into hell <laughs> i i felt so bad i think that dude just ended up in the center of a storm that he did not know was coming but yeah that whole thing and that kind of made me forever distrust indiegogo because i found out that the difference between kickstarter and indiegogo is kickstarter you have to have at least a semi-working prototype you have to have something like even if you're selling like a beer cooler that automatically brews drinks you at least have to own a blender and own a cooler for indiegogo you can literally draw something on a piece of paper and you're legally allowed to start taking money so they literally were like what if you had a retro game console that played sega cd and also every single dreamcast game and also did your dishes and they managed to get funding and it was a total scam it was a complete scam did you look up uh retro blocks no no oh dude you got to check that out man i talked about this last week as well i'm trying to remember what they renamed themselves but they actually have funding they're not going to crowdsource oh yeah um, no yeah 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 i have somebody i know oh, works for them that's why i've so i've seen it and uh that looks legit they're at conventions a lot aren't they don't they have like a little arcade yeah. cabinet they show at conventions mm -hmm. Yeah, but it, Retroblox is cool. You've seen that, right? Where it's like a modular um, system yeah. that you can change everything out. And they just released a video recently of the Neo Geo CD game loading in like five seconds compared to like the two minutes it usually takes. Yeah, um, I would. That's cool. Yeah, if you know them, yeah, let let them know. I'll, I'll be more than happy to to take it apart. <laughs> um, uh, now, uh, you know what? Actually, sometimes that keeps people from sending me stuff. Believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest. If I was sending you something, you're like, I'm going to disassemble it. I'm like, suddenly, I just gave out my last copy. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's fine. Um, okay, so a uh, couple things we we saw. All right, now we got to be careful what we say, obviously, but we're just going to talk about the application that was shown off. That's the Splatoon 2, uh, the Splatnet. Did you guys see the Splatnet 2, the the online app that they showed off? <laughs> I saw a tiny, tiny bit of it. I've seen everybody talking about it. I didn't see the original video. I saw like the echoes of it. Okay, yeah, it's it's interesting. It um, it looks like it'll work well. Uh, again, I still find it weird that I have to use my cell phone exclusively for these things when yeah. I'm playing on the the Switch. Um, like a companion app is fine, right? Like I love the the Steam app on my phone, right? It doesn't mean I play my games or exclusively use Steam on my phone. It's just nice to have it there. Um. In this case, though, they're using the Splatnet 2, which looks cool. There's some good features. Of course, you use everything for, like, voice chat through there. They've already confirmed it. You have to plug in a microphone, yes. I assume this one here might work on my phone, but you plug that in. They also have things like, obviously, inviting people in, um, and then you do parties on your phone, and you, I guess you friend people and everything. But it's a, it's a separate app, so you go into the Nintendo online or switch online is what's called and then it comes up with different apps below that depending on the game you're playing mm -hmm. and then i guess it detects that you're playing and then you go into that and then but what there are some cool features too one thing i really liked was that uh so obviously in splatoon 2 or splatoon in general you're inking everything what i really liked is that they uh they compare how much you've inked like how much area to like real world uh, uh areas like they showed the sphinx for example so like you have inked enough to cover the entire sphinx with with ink mm -hmm. Stuff like that is really cool because you you know you've done X amount of square kilometers, square feet, or something. 
Um, but it's, I don't know. I mean, is this, it, it's weird to have to use your phone. I will say that. But what, what was your take on it when you saw it? I still, I just can't get on board with that. So there's a, I play a lot of games with uh, subscribers. Uh, like a lot of times I'll get on Twitter to just like random fans and be like, hey, everybody who has a PlayStation 4 right now, I want to play Friday the 13th. Let's get a full game going and kill some uh, counselors together. I love that I can just grab random people and invite them. I feel like once there's this external piece of technology that's required that's going to make stuff like that impossible for me i feel like it's going to be so much more difficult to just get like five random like digital friends and pull them in there and be like all right let's team up and do salmon run is like the feature i'm most excited about in splatoon 2 and i feel like doing that online with headsets with friends and people i haven't even met yet is it's just going to be so much more difficult and needlessly difficult the interesting thing is you need a cell phone, right? And there are people I know that do not have a smartphone. And it, it almost feels like, uh, you know how like a game comes out? All right, let's say Halo comes out, right? And then like four months down the road, a DLC for Halo comes out that you have to buy or you can't play online with other people. It almost feels like your cell phone is now the DLC you need to buy. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm yeah. trying to make this connection where it's like a, yeah. a paywall in front of you. And you're like, well, I got to go open a new phone contract, get a phone so I can now talk to people online. Because I know people who just don't want a smartphone. They stick with like, I'm not even kidding, like flip phones because they don't want to pay yeah. the money. And um, because all they do is call people. And uh, now they have to get a smartphone. And they're Nintendo fans too. <laughs> but now they have to get an iPhone or, well, no, not an iPhone because it doesn't have an iPhone jack, uh, oh, uh, an Android phone um, to do it. So uh, it felt weird when I when I first realized that, you know, that mm -hmm. you need to buy a, 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 a piece of machinery that is twice the price of the Switch to use it in most cases, you know. An iPhone yeah. comes down, it's what, six, seven hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. It's it's odd, isn't it? I mean, what's what's what about you, Jesse? What's your take on this, man? Yeah, someone in the chat just mentioned that they think uh, maybe the the system RAM or the CPU power or whatever is being completely dedicated to the games itself. Well, they just mentioned like maybe it doesn't have enough RAM, but in my head I'm thinking Xbox did something similar to where they held back a certain amount of the GPU processing power and the RAM specifically for the Kinect, whether or oh, not yeah. the game even used the Kinect. And I'm wondering if uh, they tried something like that with the Switch, but then oh, once they were playing a game, maybe it was getting less frames than it should have, so they pulled the program from the Switch itself and mm -hmm. put it on a phone. That way, all of the processing power could be used for the game. But that's well, here, I'll, I, can, I, I, can, I can actually chime in here. So the, the, the power of the Switch has actually has nothing to do with voice chat. Um, there's a couple of examples we can actually look to. The original Xbox, as it's been harped to death, had 64 megabytes of RAM, but it was able to play Halo 2 and voice chat. If you look at Halo 2, that game was actually very difficult for the original Xbox oh, to yeah. play. Oh, it yeah. was, it, I mean, it beat that system up, but it, you were still able to do voice chat. If you look at the resolution that the Switch is playing some of its games at, uh, like either 720p or 900p, for example, those textures and images and even the, the, that resolution itself uh, fits easily into half a gig of RAM, easily. Um, I mean, the, the 360, uh, while it would run at 540p for a lot of games, there were games that ran at 720p and it would still do voice chat at on 512 megabytes of RAM, like total. So I don't know, it's, it's definitely not the, the RAM or even the power of the system itself. There's, for some reason, Nintendo is doing this thing where they're trying to just not include the system. Maybe they're trying to, I guess, uh, parent their audience, which is odd because I'll say it a million times, it's the parent <laughs> who should be watching their kid. Uh, I can't tell you how many, how many 
parents came into the store we work at and they would just buy their kid Grand Theft Auto so they'd stop asking them. And it's like, you can't do anything about that. Like, Nintendo can't do anything about it. That's like even Sony saying that they don't want cross-platform play because they have to think of the children on their side, you know? <laughs> think like, of the children! Yeah, yeah it's um, like, oh, come on. If, if I'm remembering correctly, didn't on the 3DS Star Fox 64 3D, not only did it have voice chat for the multiplayer, but didn't it also have, like, video chat where you could see sure the did. face of the person? Yep. I so believe I'm, the 3DS has, I think it has 32 megabytes of RAM. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, yeah, what, it doesn't, doesn't have much. What this could be, and this is just a thought I've had right here during our discussion, is do y'all think that this is possibly just a move by Nintendo in a strange, really backwards way, just trying to get more into our cell phones? It seems like they're really trying to push the idea of companion apps and at least some playable version of Animal Crossing and Mario. It seems like in a weird way they're trying to just make sure that every time you look at your phone, you're thinking about your Switch, you're thinking about Nintendo products. Do you think that it's maybe that and less of just them trying to be daddy Nintendo? It's, I'm sorry, uh, the 3DS had 128 megabytes of RAM. 32 megabytes was uh, reserved for the system. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, just that. I've just I think that maybe it's just that Nintendo is wanting to take over your cell phone, and they know that if, uh, if they put voice chat on there and they put Fire Emblem Heroes on there, every single day when you look at it, you're going to be thinking about your Switch. And may, I think this might just be an experimental move by them that hopefully they phase out. Though the Nintendo definitely wants in on our cell phones. I think that's obvious um, with the games they're releasing now. Mario Run, while they might say, oh, it only had a 10% conversion rate of 150 million downloads, <laughs> that's 15 million times 10. So they yep. took a game that I can tell you now did not cost much to create, and they mm -hmm. made $150 million off of it. If you look at that, and then you look to your left and see how much money is going into something like Horizon Zero Dawn to create, yeah. like a budget, and marketing everything, and then you kind of go, well, we can make a ton of money by releasing games on cell phones. Why are we releasing these games on, you know, the PS4 and the Xbox One? And you're seeing a lot of companies do this. Final Fantasy 15, is, there's some mobile game that came out mm -hmm. on uh, Android and iPhone, I think, both of them. And people might be like, ah, this game's terrible, but how many kids do you think or just random people are buying it that maybe don't play a lot of video games? They need that time waste. And then they need to build their kingdom. You know, they want to just make it done rather than have to wait 10 minutes and they throw a dollar at it. Well, if a million people do that, they make a million dollars a day on it or something crazy. So yeah. and a lot of people do that. Like if they see the name, they can make a city builder and they can just put Final Fantasy on it. You know, they, any, any name that's recognizable, they can put on there and disguise it as a city builder. Probably takes them, I don't know, a couple months of actual development time to make. And then it's mm. it, it'll last forever if they keep updating it. Well, so I was friends with a couple developers at Ubisoft for a while, and uh, I got to talk to them a lot. And they were part of a six-man team that used to make all the really, really crappy DS games you used to see, like uh, Pets. There used to be a game called like Pets with a Z, and there would be one that was like Nintendogs Ultimate Touch Your Tail Edition. Like all those super bad games like uh, Cars in it to win it part six. Like all of those were actually made by a six man team. And they said straight up, like, we're actually technically the highest profiting division of Ubisoft because we produce these in three months. We make an average of four games a year, each one that sells at least 750,000 copies, as weird as it is. So they're like, we just 
So I think Nintendo at Nintendo is trying to maybe find a way to do that to uh, just be like, okay, we're just going to start putting stuff out there. Have a little six man team that keeps making Nintendogs Prime, like somebody just said in the chat. Just anything on phones. Phones are phones are hot right now. I mean, we saw how much money that Pokemon Go made, right? Yeah. Or it uh, shot past that million mar- that billion mark. I'm sorry, billion mark very quickly. I think that was back in February that they crossed that. I think they're like 1.2 or something billion now. And that's like, they, they don't even update that game that much. <laughs> but people buy into it all the time. Remember that craze with Pokemon Go where we were all walking around looking at our cell phones and yeah. almost getting hit by cars? <laughs> there, there was that YouTube prankster. It was one of the videos I saw. It was, it was awful. But he basically gets to, he like sits up his camera and he's like making the worst I'm about to smile too much face. And he goes, oh my God, a rare Pokemon, it's Mewtwo. And there's like a stampede of people. Yeah. It's a real video. It's like, oh my god, this is awful. You're all awful. This is awful. Uh, there was, um, I remember there was, uh, there was a, a picture on Twitter. Or no, it was a, it was a video on Twitter where uh, somebody put out that um, Blastoise spawned off of like one of the, uh, one of the Florida beaches, and everybody oh, was running into yeah. the water with their cell phone. They were just like running into it. <laughs> it's amazing what you can do. <laughs> um, but I mean, they, uh, they've really, I think they've still squandered a lot of chances with that game. I mean, like doing something like putting um, like a, like a Zapdos at Times Square on, on uh, like, like, you know, New Year's Eve or something. There's so much stuff that they could do to get their game a ton of notoriety, you know, at Times Square where you have like a Zapdos actually on screen. that's like, hey, get Pokemon Go out. You can capture them now. But you have to buy a dollar, you have to spend a dollar to get that Master Ball to catch them. I'm sure they can do stuff like that. Uh, Back on the subject of voice chat, though, so we're whining about five minutes here. One of the most interesting things is the people who disassembled the Switch, I'm sure yourself included, a lot of people said that the headphone jack of the Switch actually includes voice voice functionality. It's built into this. Mm -hmm. And that's the weirdest thing of all to me is the fact that they're forcing this to be cell phone implemented when physically it does not need to be. So I guess I just – the more I hear about – the tie-in app, the more I think about stuff like Splatoon 2 using it so heavily, the more I just keep praying that it gets patched out. You know who can confirm that it works is um, the guy doing, uh, what you call, oh, the, guy, the guy who's making the Rainway app, Andrew Sampson, he could probably confirm it because he's been able, I think he either has a dev kit switch or he has a switch that's like, has the bootletter unlocked or something. He's able to run HTML5 on the switch and that also can access parts like the microphone jack yes that's the guy yes that's the guy specifically i saw because he literally was showing sound going in and it like look this is clearly detecting it's not just soaking up audio it's not just there you can actually uh for those that don't know you can actually turn headphones into a microphone and microphone into a headphone if you put the frequency in the wrong way it clearly wasn't doing that it was detecting it as sound it's interesting that they do that. And now Discord's even looking at the Switch, apparently. So yeah. you could have I've a Discord seen, app pop up on your Switch. Yeah, I've seen the tweet that they put out saying that they would love to work with uh, Nintendo. To that would be crazy, right? If you could have Discord running in the background while you play, like, uh, I don't know, Splatoon or even ARMS or something, that would be Dude. really cool. Yeah, Dude, I was... There's- Discord is the voice chat right now. If I think it'd be so smart right now if Nintendo was was open to the idea of letting them put that on there because you're still sectioning off. Kids aren't gonna accidentally go into like the My Little Pony Friendship is Matic Dirty Chat or whatever. Like they're still gonna be fine. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I can think of is Nintendo wants you to use their app because they have something like. Well, obviously subscription. I wonder if they'll sell you the app and that's how it's a subscription service. Dude, I was thinking if, that too. If they do that, I'm going to make a rant video that's going to have like five <laughs> F-bombs and maybe me pretending to snap a switch on my knee. We'll see. 
that's but I, that's why I was like maybe they collect money that way. Like you have to spend twenty dollars a year to have the app. Maybe that's attached to it in the app shop or something. I don't know. Like the Switch Online app you download. I was trying to think of ways that they would actually do that because I don't know if they'll be able to bar the Switch easily. Maybe that's their plan, and maybe they do things like build in different monetization strategies. Maybe they do run into something where it's like not microtransactions. Well, I guess it'd be microtransactions. Like how on Xbox Live, you'd go on there and buy different things for your avatar, for example. Maybe oh, Nintendo yeah. looks into that. Maybe they realize that, and they're like, well, we could get a dollar for a Yoshi shirt. That seems <laughs> far too likely. That man that i definitely see a future where everybody has little me on their uh on their phone and they like but you can earn i bet it'll be the thing of the my nintendo coins probably start going towards buying hats and like waluigi's beautiful uh, mustache but then you can also pay a dollar to War- waluigi your clothes up yeah i, think I mean that, that was another, just thoughts i had go jesse I, I was gonna say like i think another big thing for it is the fact that while you may be playing Splatoon and then you have the Splatoon app open on whatever this Nintendo app is, even though you're doing everything Splatoon related, maybe they could have like an arms ad or a Mario ad or something yeah. to promote their next game. That way, every time you pick up your phone to see who joins on voice chat or to kick somebody off voice chat or join in a group, <laughs> not only are you seeing everything for the game that you're playing, but then you also maybe see an ad at the very top or the very bottom for whatever the next big game coming out is. Yeah, because they, they, they already give us ads on the Switch. You know, when you turn it yeah. on and you look on the left, there's like yeah. Mario or there's like, you know, the Splatoon character or, or something coming up. I, I foresee a day when I log in years after my Switch has stops being supported and the Switch three comes out or whatever i can't wait to see the old dead ads so i I randomly decided to get on diablo one a couple weeks ago and there's still a giant ad at the top that says pre-order starcraft 2 today (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) um all right so let let me let me move over to something else with you guys did you guys watch super metal dave 64's video uh on what the 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 ace the switch ace card is coming one yeah yeah did you watch that one a little bit yeah i, I did not no. okay well let me let me catch up on this um so super metal dave came on spawncast and it was actually picked up by a lot of big places even the no we were on there um where dave this is before e3 dave said there will be two metroid games shown at e3 metroid prime and then a second one and everybody kind of laughed for a bit you know at him and even the no kind of made fun of him and then E3 shows up and two Metroid games are announced. Um, now, people have pointed out that, you know, he had issues in the past with some of the stuff he was saying. But maybe he has, I don't know, maybe he has a source that he picked up recently or something. Because he's starting to talk about this new, uh, he basically, if you didn't see it, Jesse, I would check it out um, later on when you get time or something. It was actually a pretty well done video. It was a cool idea. Oh, yeah. He, oh, yeah. he basically calls himself from the future. Um, almost like uh, like uh, like if you watch any of the anonymous videos on YouTube, like anonymous style kind of, <laughs> um, where he's talking about how he emphasizes third party support during it, um, but then he says Nintendo has some um, basically ace up their sleeve that they haven't played yet. The big there's some big announcement coming for Nintendo that we have not seen yet. And if you don't know, um, Dave really likes. Well, Dave really wanted the Switch to be more powerful. For example, he doesn't like that they went with a, a, a like lesser specs kind of, and he wants more third-party support. Those are his two big things. So he's excited over something that's coming. So I was thinking it's either third-party related or it's hardware related. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know if you guys had any thoughts on this because this is kind of a mystery now. Now I, I did kind of talk to him a little bit off camera, but he is very very mum on this, and I, I didn't want to push him very far because. 
if it gets I, out and he does have an actual source, then they will pretty much be I, at that point. So, oh man, I'm trying to brainstorm. What's what's a giant Nintendo franchise that we haven't seen in a bit? I I want to say Animal Crossing just because I know that's such a core foundation release. But with the cell phone game coming out, it really wouldn't make sense. But for some reason, that's what I that's what I would expect most. Would it be first party though? Would, yeah, would it not be a big third party game? Third. Huh, hmm. Let's see what's the, what's third party that's crazy. Like it's got to be, be Doom. Doom just VR. Anthem on the Switch. Yeah. So, well, they're, they're, okay, so I'll lead it off with hardware. Uh, the big thing that everybody has pretty much been thinking this whole time since it was revealed that it was USB-C and we don't know the, the complete throughput, that there would be some supplemental compute device because we also saw it in their, um, their patents, if you remember that. They actually had one um, that they were trying to develop. And a lot of people are pointing at it. They're also pointing at the fact that they were trying to develop VR. But keep in mind, a lot of patents are shown in these files that they keep under wraps and don't actually show up. I mean, it happens a lot. Yeah, the uh, original patent for the Wii had it have uh, it was VR and it had the IR sensors for your feet, so it could yeah. control those. Yeah, so there, there's a lot of stuff you, you, that just doesn't come out. But everybody seems to think that a supplemental compute device is coming. Basically, a dock that you set the switch in and it helps it. Uh, do uh, like 1080p or even um, 4K easily because 720p is actually pretty easy for the Switch to do. Um, it doesn't have a hard time with that. It has a harder time when you put it in the dock and then you shoot for 900 or even 1080p as yeah. we see with things like Zelda. Um, and people are thinking, well, maybe they're going to come out with this compute device that all of a sudden kicks it up to, say, two teraflops, something closer to the PS4, and then you get good performance at 1080p. Yeah, I, I did a video recently talking about all of the different possibilities that they could have. And even if they went with something like uh, a lower-end NVIDIA, like a GTX 1060, which isn't necessarily top of the line, but is still pretty powerful, I think that would be plenty enough power for Nintendo games to be running at 4K, even if it's just 30 frames per second. Well... I don't think they're ever going to bother because Nintendo is on record even said like two weeks ago that they don't give two toots about uh, 4K. But I definitely I, I like the idea of them just trying to make things shinier and better looking as somebody who's gotten to play a lot of uh, PlayStation 4 Pro recently at 1080p. It's noticeably different. What, what did you call it? Super sampling, right? You're gonna yeah, super, you're gonna see that more with the Xbox One X because the PS4 Pro uh, doesn't do super sampling all the time, whereas the Xbox One X allegedly again, um, I believe it when I see it because I did believe their marketing before about true 4K, and that's a whole other story. But yeah, it's supposed to do better <laughs> super sampling and more super sampling, and they're absolutely gonna use 4K textures, which when you fire that up on your 1080p screen, will look way better. It's almost yeah. like a form of anti-aliasing almost, but it's going to be there like natively because they're shrinking down a much sharper image. Mm -hmm. So it's it's going to look really good. It's like maybe maybe if you download, for example, maybe you're doing your video and you download like a 4K image, but your, your video is 1080p, but you show that image on there and it actually looks really nice. Mm -hmm. You're going to get something like that, that kind of effect. But I think, honestly, because keep in mind, we're, we're saying put a 1060 in there, but they don't want it to be obscenely expensive and a 1060s aren't cheap to get a good 1060 it's anywhere from i think it's upwards of 300 dollars for a 1060 yeah um so what they should do is look into the 1050 because the 1050 especially when developed specifically for say the switch 
could get a nice clean 1080p image. It would be newer than what's in the PS4 right now, definitely. Mm -hmm. And it would give them a solid, I think, um, 1080p. And of course, it would still use all of the same tools that the Tegra uses right now. So there wouldn't be much of a difference between uh, compatibility and the CPU would work the same either way. So it, that would be their best bet. And what's nice is if they source the 1050, they could probably get it, the, the entire SCD, supplemental compute device, down to like $150. Mm. I I and can see. I mean, would you pay 150 bucks for that? Yes, 100. percent Man, that just whoa! That just sounds like such a crazy idea. Like, so uh, I'm a a huge giant fanboy for the PSP, and one of my favorite things to do with the PSP back in the day was to play like an RPG, like uh, Tactics Ogre, Let Us Clean Together, and then I have my uh, video out plug in, and so I love that I could go on the go and play it, and then come home and play it on my big TV, and the graphics would actually be lit differently. They would do the lighting effects a little bit differently, and they do the granular effects differently on your actual TV because it wouldn't show up on your super tiny uh, screen. I totally see Nintendo. That seems like a move they would love to do is like Zelda looks great when you're on the go. Take it home, plug it into your TV. It is even better for the master trials. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It would be, uh, that'd be, that'd be pretty cool to do that. Like, like you say, come in and plug it in because 720p is no issue really at this point for the switch. But the problem is most developers want that 1080p image. And I think that's what they're struggling with right now. Um, now the big thing is going to be, is that port, uh, uh, on the bottom, I think it's a five gigabits per second, I think, internal band. So I'd be curious to see if that's enough. Um, but of course, we've seen things like, uh, you know, like when it's developed specifically for a console, you don't always need what a PC is spec-wise, right? You just need what they can develop for. Because like the Switch, I think has 25 gigabytes per second in terms of like um, memory bandwidth, whereas like the 360 had like 10 or 12. So it's definitely set up better for higher resolutions, but when you say, oh, the PS4 has, or the Xbox One X has, you know, 320, <laughs> it's a big difference. So it's, um, it's interesting. I think the supplemental compute device is what they would do hardware-wise. I don't think they would go VR. They kind of made it clear oh, yeah. that we don't care about VR. I don't blame them, to be honest, because... VR is is so primitive right now. It's insane. Yeah. Has, oh, has Nintendo had an official word or statement so, on like a secondary dock or anything to like nothing make it like that? No, not yet. That's why. That's yeah. why people are like, oh, maybe that's what. Maybe they're talking about that. Maybe maybe this source that Dave has. Let's just go out. This source. It, it, maybe he's in the testing phase with a group or something, and they're they're looking at it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just let's just. But let's just say that, you know, hypothetically, yeah. maybe that's what's happening. Or maybe he knows somebody who's in Nintendo that is, um, that's uh, maybe doing third party talks or something. And they know that there's this big game showing up. I don't know. I can't think <laughs> of a third party game, you know, I, got, I don't know. I, I, I just remembered back. To, uh, I forgot who it was, but somebody mentioned Anthem earlier running on the Switch. That oh, was Evan. <laughs> well, I, I would not be, I think it'd be really impressive if somehow they brought something like Fallout uh, four. I think it's it's really important for Nintendo to get a really big open world game because I'm sure you guys have seen there's been a lot of reports coming out recently that third party developers have finally gotten their hands on development kits for the Switch and it's just weaker than they expected and they just said flat out like stuff like Final Fantasy 15 can never come to the Switch. So I, I think if they are able to get some big third party open world game going that could send a strong message to other developers of you may have to downscale, but you can make it. 
Yeah, but I mean, for him to go, for him to really go on record like that and, and make a whole video around this announcement, I, I feel like it has to be big. He's kind of talked about how it is like it's going to be their big, like when he says like obviously big ace card or, or trump card over. That means it's mm -hmm. the biggest announcement of the year. I don't know. Aside from me, Call of Duty's already gone on record and said that's not coming over. Yeah. Um, the only thing I can think of, okay, this is this is something that would be massive for them, but we we haven't heard anything about it. Is Kingdom Hearts. But yeah. I thought they yeah. went on record and said they're not coming over. Is that was that right? I, I is Kingdom Hearts uh, is it running on Unreal Engine four? It is. It's running on Unreal Engine four. Because yeah. there was the statement from Nintendo saying that their developers have like mastered or perfected working with Unreal Engine four. Mm -hmm. Somebody that's in the chat, man, Dan mm -hmm. Miller. I think that's dead on Destiny two. That's actually oh. a, a a, a very interesting thought. I think if they're able to get Destiny 2, because Destiny 2, they're trying so hard to really open up the floodgates and put it on PC. And they've said PC ver version is going to come later, but maybe when that starts rolling out, they also say, by the way, also Switch. Because I know right now they're trying to put that on toasters if they can. Well, did you, did you, see, the, um, well, did you see the developer who talked to, I think it was IGN? Um, and it was a whole thing about that. He said it. He said they weren't even looking at the Switch. Uh, um, I, yeah, but his, his excuse was it was a portable system, so you would be away from internet at times. Yeah. I, um, I, for that, I will say that when, like, leading into E3, when all of the rumors and speculation was coming out about Xbox's half-step console, they said that they had no new consoles or anything like that to announce for E3. Mm -hmm. And then when they got to E3, they announced two new consoles. Uh, the yeah. Xbox One S and then Project Scorpio. And then there was also an interview a long time ago, uh, whenever the 3DS first came out, they were interviewing Miyamoto. And it was actually two or three different interviews. I had to look it up recently for a video I was working on. But it was basically them saying, okay, when the Nintendo DS came out, it was only like so long after that that we got the DSi, the DSi XL, all of these different iterations. And they asked about the 3DS XL. And he said that they had no current plans to release a new version of the 3DS. And then, like, it was two months after that interview, Miyamoto officially announced the Nintendo 3DS XL. I, so it's like companies all of this. Mind. Well, companies don't mind lying all the time with that type of stuff, and that's that's important to your marketing. Is making sure the the foot drops exactly when you want, like. Everybody was still so blown away. Final Fantasy 15, not to take it back to that, but Final Fantasy 15, when they announced it to be coming to the Xbox One, that was a bombshell because nobody expected there had been a single peep, a single rumor, a single like guy seen walking into Xbox headquarters with a giant cue card that said Final <laughs> Fantasy 15. Nothing. So when they walked out on stage and said, by the way, same day, same day, it's coming to the Xbox One, it was explosive. So I, who knows what press conferences are lying right now or what developers are lying, but if something's yeah. big in the works, I'm excited to see it. People were saying like GTA five, that would actually be big because it would kind of show that Nintendo and rockstar are like good again because they've had this weird, yeah. I don't want to say falling out, but they really haven't worked together much at all. Um, and if they did something like, okay, they announce GTA five coming to the switch and then they're like, Oh, and we're also working on an exclusive game for the switch uh, mm -hmm. bully Two. That'd be crazy. That would be cool. That would yeah. be cool. I would like and, that because keep in mind, it, it's it's not like for I don't want to say for kids, but it's not like you know GTA Five. It's it's uh -huh. more of a I think that was like a teen rated basically version of GTA Five is what that was essentially the original bully, and it was a good game, but 
the one on the PC doesn't isn't good. Like the 360 version is the best version, or the Xbox One backwards compatible version. Remember they they made a, a GTA that for a year and a half was exclusive to a Nintendo console. GTA uh, Chinatown. Chinatown. Yeah, I love that game. I beat the hell out of that game. And you know what? It was pretty brutal. It had one of the most brutal endings of any game. You like chop up your arch nemesis with a sword and then walk <laughs> out and high five some cops on That's a Nintendo awesome. game. Man, what were you saying, Jesse? Um, I was going to say it was just a few days ago that I was reading an interview. I forgot who it was in the interview saying it, but it was basically Nintendo saying that they were open to more collaboration similar to what they have with Ubisoft, with Mario Cross Rabbids. Mm-hmm. So it makes me wonder like, if uh, Square Enix or someone else came to Nintendo, kind of like how the Dynasty Warriors people came and said, hey, we want to work with Zelda. Ubisoft came and said, hey, we want to work with Mario. What other what? third party could come to Nintendo and say, hey, we want to work with Zelda, similar to Capcom working yeah. with yeah. Zelda and then making like Minish Cap, Four <coughs> Swords, and all the other Zelda games. What third party uh, do you think could go to Nintendo and get the rights to a certain game? That's I, interesting. Yeah. I totally think that it'd be Capcom and Zelda again. Because even, I think it was two years ago, there was those rumors that... Uh, Nintendo was looking at acquiring Capcom or at least buying half of it so that all games would be developed exclusively for what we now know as the Switch. So maybe during those talks, they at least negotiated like, okay, every other Zelda entry now may be a Capcom. I could totally, totally see because the way they developed Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of Ages at the same time in-house was really impressive. And you could tell that that really blew away Nintendo. So I could totally foresee them lending out that brand again, but only it, to them. It's got to be something from Capcom because we've all been like pointing out that Capcom is like almost. It feels like they're they're kind of like uh, forgetting about the Switch a little bit right now, which mm-hmm. is weird because yeah. the Monster Hunter game goes over to the PS4, the Xbox One, and the PC, and not the Switch. Double Cross has no plans of localization right now. There's this rumor going around that they are creating a new Monster Hunter game for the specifically for the Switch. But I don't know if that would be the big announcement because it's it's expected. It seems yeah. like Dave was trying to hint at something that's not expected. You know, it's something that's um, in the works. Maybe Capcom revised Mega Man. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's why I brought this up because you said that Super Metal Dave almost said uh, Super Metal Jesus. Or Metal <laughs> Jesus rocks. Uh, had it confused. I made that mix up a few weeks ago when I was on a different podcast. But anyways. Um, you said that he was excited about some sort of third-party game or what I assume is third-party. So I'm trying to think like if there's any connection between what he was saying in the video or what you said he was saying uh, from what I took from you and Nintendo's statement about working with third parties in a way like that. Because if it was Capcom or Square or some other company that came to Nintendo and was like, hey, you're busy working on Breath of the Wild DLC and whatever the next Zelda game is. Let us make like a traditional top-down 2D Zelda game, or even if it was an indie developer, like the people that worked on Shovel Knight, like they could make an awesome Mm retro-style Donkey Kong game or something. So I'm just trying to think of something like that that would be a big announcement that would also work on the limitations that the Switch has compared like the PS4. Mm. Or maybe just a brand new burnout game because we really <laughs> love burnout. 
Yeah, I don't yeah. know. There's so many. That's the thing. You could pretty much guess to the end of time, but uh, it's tough. Like it, it could be Ma someone said Mega Man Legends three. Sure, they could revive that and bring it over the Switch. Absolutely, that, that, that would be awesome. That was so close to done. That's why it drives yeah. me crazy. There's so many like prototype videos. Of them just being like, check out this boss I just finished. All right, <laughs> just throw it in the trash can. Yeah, like that would be cool. There, there's they could bring over like a Metal Gear Solid collection, like somebody's saying, an anniversary collection, mm -hmm. um, and just bring all the Metal Gear Solids over to the Switch all at once in yeah. like one shot. Um, I, I don't know. It's it's interesting though. With Konami being like so hated in all mm -hmm. of their normal fans' eyes, I could see them going to Nintendo to do something exclusive that would kind of get the Nintendo fans back on their side. Sure, sure. I mean, they could remaster Twin Snakes, but it'd be cool if they actually did something. Well, that's the thing. They're working on that so, that really weird Metal Gear Solid uh, the zombie. zombie game. Oh, <laughs> Metal, what are they doing? Metal Gear Survival or something? Oh, yeah, Metal Gear it Survival. It looks so stupid. I'm, I'm so excited to review it just because I'm going to get to <laughs> open up my thesaurus and be like, what are all the fancy words for horrible train wreck? Yeah, I, I wonder <laughs> like, if like, when they announced that or first showed it off, if Kojima was just like, Face palming. <laughs> oh, so dude, there's been so many instances of them, like, of him actually, like, being mad at them for doing that to that franchise. Well, um, he was he was particularly mad about Survive because I know that there was like an official statement from Konami where they're like, "Yeah, we're actually just finishing the last ideas that Kojima left behind." And Kojima was like, "No, like, did you find a post-it note on my abandoned desk that said zombies are kind of cool?" And you went, "All right, sequel." <laughs> I, it, it seems so weird like yeah he did go on record and was like i it was supposed to be like a, a realistic uh like realistic military espionage with fiction written in kind of like that's why in the beginning it's like you know <laughs> these these uh events look real but they're not real there was like some disclaimer i remember in front of metal gear solid 4 or something that was like that but he was yeah. like it was always about you know military espionage fiction almost like kind of like tom clancy with splinter cell sort of mm -hmm. And he was like, I, you know, I got out there time at times, but that's just those are just my creations. Well, but I never got to the point where it's like a wormhole opens up and zombies are now in the world. Well, what, a, what, a, what a great way to get zombies in this world! <laughs> if Kojima had done anything, he would have made more vampire games. Because let's not forget, he made his own vampire hunting game with Boktai. The sun is in your hands. So I could totally have seen some weird crossover. All of a sudden, like wormhole leads to vampire land. I mean, he's even had vampires in. Metal Gear Solid games before with Vamp. So I can see that, but something about crystal-headed zombies is just so dumb. <laughs> uh, I don't know. What's, what are your guys' what are your guys' thoughts, final thoughts on that prediction? What do you, you guys can go on record right now and it'll forever be around. So just in case you're right. Um my my dream game that I would want that would be a third-party collaboration is if Square Enix did a uh, Kingdom Hearts style Nintendo game. Okay. Where like you're that, going to all of the different worlds, but instead of like uh, the Little Mermaid, Mickey Mouse, and all of these, it's Mushroom Kingdom, Hyrule Kingdom, Space for Metroid, <laughs> or whatever. Uh, yeah, but that's my dream game. That's a cool I, idea. I, I sure. Happen, so that would be cool. Right. What do you, what do you think, right. X? For my ultimate prediction that will be chiseled into stone <laughs> and forever used against me, I'm going to guess that the Final Fantasy VII remake is also coming to Switch. That that would be a big that'd be a big announcement. That'd be massive. Yeah. Like especially if they announce it with like Cloud kind of walking up to the train station and then he looks over and picks up his switch. Yeah. Well if, especially let's let's face it, all it takes now is if they did a Nintendo Direct with exclusive new gameplay of it, people would just be flipping out. Yeah. That would be that is would it, be big. That would be big. Is it coming to PC? 
Uh, I don't. I think at this point they have only said PlayStation Four, and most people are expecting that it's going to land on PlayStation Five. But they said, uh, uh, what they say? They said uh, get it first on PlayStation. Remember? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, so it's okay. definitely a timed exclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you What do you think, Evan? Honestly, I don't know because since it is third party, that is probably the best thing to go with. The Final Fantasy, uh, the remake, is most likely what it could be, at least at first. But if it's got to be enough for Super Metal Dave to get excited, it can't just be that. It has to be something a little extra. And definitely with how we were talking about the expanded, uh, the actual expanded stand to try to get more power to the system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think this? Do you think they might? send the system in a way where there will be games that require that stand almost like how i, I mean i they feel like it. they can't well they, 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 they shouldn't they but... did it with the nintendo 64 the expansion port was needed for some games yeah yeah but i mean the expansion pack was what 40 bucks yeah it's going to be 150 bucks <laughs> i don't know it'd be kind of weird if it was like a major title and we were all excited but then like as the direct played on, it kind of slid to the side and it showed the stand that you were required yeah. to buy to play it. And S- Star Fox Revengeance now requires the new Switch Ultra stand. Yeah, so it's kind of worrying but interesting at the same time because it can't be something massive. It has to be something minor. And if it's something exciting, maybe it has more function and multiplayer. So we'll have to see what really what they're going to drop. I'm hoping it's not just another old title that's been around forever and we've seen it redone like 10 times and now the Switch <laughs> is getting it. So it'd be yeah. great to be something a little newer. I'm going to stick with uh, I'm going to stick with Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah. I'll give them that. They have a they have another trailer or like information dropping next week. It's at the whatever the D D3 or D23 the Disney convention. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, some new information is coming out, whether it's just them talking about it more or something. Um, maybe they hit us with a uh, from that. It's like, oh, look, it's also on the Switch. Or maybe Nintendo would save that. I don't know. But mm-hmm. I feel like uh, it, that and, and Final Fantasy Remake are the two big ones that, that I think would actually make people like go out and buy it more. You know, mm-hmm. They would lose their mind over it. So yeah. Also, I would love to play Kingdom Hearts on the go. Mm-hmm. That would be great. And the the Kingdom Hearts art style really goes with Nintendo, anyways. It does. And you look at that and you're like, "How is this not a Nintendo game?" You know, <laughs> like it has Disney characters in it. Even I'm not saying the Nintendo is like you know straight up kids or anything, but like the the art style. If you look at like Mario and then you look over at Kingdom Hearts, you're like, "Wow, these are very similar art styles." Yeah. Well, especially modern modern Mario with his like bubbly shapes. And now you look at it, it's like, "Wow, that's just basically Goofy Plus." <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it looks. It look. I they could definitely get Kingdom Hearts on the Switch if they if they wanted it there. I just feel like Nintendo and Square probably have to come to some agreement. Um, mm-hmm. But how cool would it be if they had like uh, like you're saying, Jesse? Maybe there's an extra world that is Nintendo based, or maybe there's Nintendo characters in it or something. Yeah, there's a lot of the third party games that have come to Switch. Nintendo's always gotten them to do something Nintendo related. Um, mm-hmm. Like even Tekken, when it came to the Wii U, like it had all the Mario costumes and then we see similar things in uh monster hunter and a bunch of other games so it could and then be- lastly someone else is saying bayonetta 3 that's actually probably the most likely of everything we've said yeah <laughs> there, there, there was a lot of comments in the chat earlier that was actually making me laugh like uh people were saying uh portal 3 and then a bunch of other crazy stuff halo master chief collection oh gosh <laughs> oh man that's funny um let me uh let me jump over to um, hold on. I just had it. <clears throat> there was. Uh, did you guys see? I just had it. Uh, 
Oh, uh, while you're looking for that, during Sorry, the, yeah. I believe it was the same interview I have um, a lot of where they mentioned the third party <laughs> oh. stuff, like they were wanting to work with third party. They mentioned something that Nintendo hasn't done away with ultra or super realistic games, and then they used Wave Race and something else as an example. Uh, oh. Snowboarding, like whatever their snowboarding game was. And Dude. I was trying to think back, like, did did they really look realistic? Maybe for the time, but now it's like, I don't think that they really had any super realistic games in that type of art style. No. You just mean Nintendo in general? Yeah. Hmm. Because they said they weren't done developing games like that. I, so with that comment, it makes me think maybe that's the style they're trying to go with Metroid Prime 4. Yeah. And that's, that was what jumped to the mind is that uh, I was tinkering around on uh, Metroid Prime 2 a couple days ago recording some footage and I realized like, oh wow, they really were going for realistic lighting effects specifically is what jumped out at me. A lot of Nintendo games just kind of have like everything is, is lit from every direction and nice and cartoonish looking. Everything's like a movie set, whereas Metroid Prime 2, everything was like dark and grungy and creepy. So maybe they are trying to actually make things look more realistic like that. Yeah, I mean, I'd be very curious. And then, of course, you have, like, like uh, Twilight Princess look more realistic than, obviously, what they've done before. But yeah. I'd, be, yeah. I'd, be, I'd be curious to see what... Me- I just want to see what Metroid looks like, you know? I mean, it, it, at least it looked creepy when the logo kind of popped up. It definitely wasn't, like, a happy thing going on. So maybe they... It's going to be a complete return. That was the, the big thing about Metroid, out. man. When Prime, when you go in there, you know you're alone. Like, it was so cool how they did all I, that with the atmosphere. I have this uh, old copy of uh, Game Pro magazine, and it was super, super interesting. It was called Nintendo's Daring 3, and it was basically about how Nintendo in one year came out with three super controversial projects. Nintendo uh, that came out with uh, Metroid Prime, they came out with uh, uh, Super Mario Sunshine, and then they came out with uh, Wind Waker, Zelda Wind Waker. And all three of these were such radically different directions than those characters ever have been even now. And like at the time, even they were like, we have no idea how this is going to go. And it was a whole article about is Daring's new, this gamble going to pay off? And so now it's funny that those are considered like the three most underrated classics hmm. in the entire series. That's interesting. I don't know. That's, that's weird. Yeah. Um, and then we hear, uh, did you guys see some of the stuff about uh, Mario Odyssey that came out? No. There was a there was a very interesting piece that came out. They put it on their Twitter, and it talked about how there's no more game over screen in Mario. Oh Odyssey. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Is that what do you guys think about that? That seemed interesting when I saw that because a lot of people are saying, well, the, the game over screens archaic anyway at mm-hmm. this point because it, all it is is just wasted time because you're just going to hit continue and then start back up probably at the beginning of the world anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but they seem to say you fall off the edge. And then you lose 10 coins and you come right back. And you can keep doing that over and over again. You'll just lose coins. And mm-hmm. when they were doing the demo, there were coins everywhere. So I, I don't I mean, does that bother you guys that I, there may not be any more one-ups, for example? It it does bother me more than I would expect. And I think it's just because I reviewed uh, the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy recently. And I ended up doing a master file of all three games. I beat every game, got every time travel, got every single crystal in every single game. And getting game overs hurt it felt rewarding to finally be able to collect enough lives to beat a particularly hard boss the idea that that's going away in a mario game feels cheapened somehow for me personally i mean it would feel way worse if it was the side scroller like try to get to the other end of a map without dying game that would really suck but i don't know maybe for the rpg system it's a little better but it definitely loses the stress 
of mm -hmm. uh, dying off, which I think people are starting to miss out in games. I actually talked about it in the Starcraft or the Star Fox 2 uh, video, which because even when you're in combat, stuff is still happening and the planet can still get destroyed. It still adds that little bit of extra stress because they don't like hold your hand and make everything a lot easier for you in any way. So for that to go away in games, I mean, it's almost like a natural occurrence since how many games yeah. have high scoreboards anymore. Uh, but at the same time, I don't know if this one aspect of it needs to be lost, but maybe it's not so bad with the RPG itself. Cause mm -hmm. as long as the next like new super Mario brothers doesn't come out and nobody can die, then I guess I'm kind of fine with them trying it out this once. And let's be honest, they're going to release DLC called Hero Mode in three months anyways <laughs> that'll introduce this new system called Lives and Game Overs. Daring new I, I was waiting to make that <laughs> joke when you stole it from me. I win. <laughs> ah, man, did you guys play the, the Zelda DLC? Yeah, uh, it was I, pretty A tiny cool. bit, a tiny bit. It was fun to, the coolest thing to me was watching the the map, how it like, uh, when you first turn on, it shows you everywhere you went. I, w I realized that I was very methodical. I basically like, went straight to each of the dungeons, beat uh, Ganon, and then just zigzagged and hit every single shrine. I was like, man, I I played that like a robot. Did you, you didn't get a chance to play the trials at all? Uh, I, I did like the first, I got to the first halfway point of the three, and there's like, it's basically broken into like three major sections with a, a midpoint in each. So I played like the first sixth of it, and I loved it. I just haven't gotten back. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What, I, I assume, Jesse, I assume you played quite a bit of that. Yeah. It, it gets pretty, pretty crazy. Um, I haven't played through the trials on master mode. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I just haven't had that much time to make it like, all the way through the game again to where I would want to go through trials. Yeah. But it, it's enough to make it for all the people who complained that it wasn't hard or challenging. It's definitely the hardest that I've played any Zelda game, which there was master quest in Ocarina of time that like doubled the damage on the 3d version. Uh, Skyward sword had hero mode, which was something similar to where there wasn't any hearts that you could find yeah. out. In the field, you had to refill all of, all of your hearts from potions and stuff like that. So, did it, there was someone who actually did a speed run of the the trials, and they did it, I think, in like an hour and like twenty minutes or something like that. Oh yeah, I saw that. That was crazy. Yeah, I don't know how you do that. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But it, it makes feeling better that lasts longer than the I think thirty nine minutes it takes people to beat the entire game now in a speed run. So. <laughs> Um, that's a, it's been a good, pretty good for DLC, I'd say. I know there's a lot of people who are still kind of up in arms about it, but it sounds like the one coming out like in December, more than likely, is when it's coming out, maybe November. Um, it's going to be the big one. That's the one they're writing like all this new story for. Apparently, it's going to take place after Ganon's dead, from what everyone's saying. Cool. Um, there's been this rumor going around that people figured that out. I saw it on Twitter. It was kind of going around. So it's going to be more, which is good, like story wise. I think that's what a lot of people want. Mm -hmm. is um you know just more story to play obviously the story is actually kind of interesting in this one so actually yeah. i always loved those uh zeldas the ones that's just like ganon's kind of over here and we're not going to deal with him or oh he's already dead what happens next <laughs> like majora's was just so fun for me uh link's awakening was awesome yeah. like they were just so much cool. jam, yeah, because yeah, it's just that extra glimpse <laughs> of that world without having to focus everything on one aspect of the uh zelda legend yeah, the the big thing I'm hoping for with the DLC, because I know they're going to do the story great from what Breath of the Wild is. I expect the next story, whatever they're going to be doing, I think it's going to be great. But the amiibo they announced, 
I'm hoping it does something similar to the Wolf Link amiibo, to where you can tap it and you'll either play as that character or get them as a companion character. Mm-hmm. That's that's the big thing I'm hoping for. And I'm also hoping that there's a chance that if the DLC does really well and sells really well, Nintendo will look at it and be like, hey, why don't we make DLC pack three and four? Mm-hmm. So there was another interesting point that uh, that came up. And this was, uh, this was, these were comments made by, I believe, THQ Nordic. I don't know if you guys saw this. This was about the Switch. And what they really, they were, di- they're disappointed with the Switch to an extent because mm-hmm. they wanted Nintendo to really just make a traditional system. Mm-hmm. They didn't want what Nintendo basically put out, which is a, you know, Nintendo trying to innovate and trying to be different than just give us a box that you plug in and you just play. Maybe that has the same specs as like a PS4 or something just from NVIDIA. And uh, they weren't happy that it's, that it's to, in their mind, harder to work with because it's not as powerful as the other two. But there, there's this interesting debate that I've seen pop up a lot. And that's basically, would you rather have Nintendo go with a more traditional system like uh, PS4 and Xbox One? Or do you like that they're trying to kind of you know, separate themselves through innovation and go with something like a hybrid console that's still pretty early on? Because the Tegra, while it's a good chip is still trying to catch up to some of the it, it, the bigger chips. Now, they, they are coming together where we're getting, uh, I believe, 7 nanometer has now been figured out by Global, um, the company, and we're going to start seeing smaller chips that are getting very close to these ARM chips. So eventually, they're all probably going to use the same stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. But do, do you guys think it would have been better right now for Nintendo to have come out with a box that has the same graphical power as a PS4 rather than a, a handheld you know, TV hybrid? I, I sorry, you, you can go first. I was gonna say I I feel like they did just give us the box we wanted. I'm somebody who very very rarely uses handheld mode. I almost exclusively just keep this hooked up to all my equipment to capture video, and I love it for that. It feels like Nintendo Switch fulfills my every desire and then some. I feel like it's not as powerful as other consoles, and clearly developers are having trouble making stuff for it, but. When it comes to Nintendo, this is about as normal as you're going to get. Like, you're going to have some party favors. Of course, it also has to be a Game Boy, but at least it's got an HDMI cable. So I'm extremely happy. Uh, People are trying to complain and act like it's this weak, pathetic system or being a little dramatic. Yeah, the way that I'm looking at this, and I have two opinions on this. One is I don't think THQ should be giving their opinion on how a company should be like, (laughs) that's because they have their own problems (laughs) yeah because like they had like i don't know if they filed for bankruptcy or whatever it was they had to sell all of their assets and then nordic bought like over half of their stuff and then they became thq nordic so it's like they were this kind of middleware that just fell through because their games weren't selling as well so they didn't even know what to do to do what was best for their own company so them saying that Nintendo messed up by doing this is like, well, you should figure out your own stuff before you start putting hate on something else. And at the same time with Nintendo, if this was just another PS4, if it was just an Xbox One, or it was a box that just sit there, everybody already has a PS4. Everybody already has an Xbox One that wants that. The people that were Nintendo fans would upgrade, like the people that went out and bought the Wii U or the 3ds or whatever on day one they would have went out and bought the switch but then all of these other people wouldn't look at it and be like oh well i already have a ps4 i already have an xbox one why do i need this if it's just going to sit there too the fact that you can take this on the go 
And at the same time, Nintendo hasn't said this, but I think they should market it this way, in the same way that Xbox or Microsoft's came out and said, Xbox One Scorpio or Xbox One X is the most powerful video game console that's going well that exists right now. Nintendo should come out and say, hey, this is the most powerful handheld console Mm -hmm. that's ever existed. That way, all of the people thinking that it isn't as powerful, that might be the buzzword or the buzz sentence that makes them go and pick it up. Mm-hmm. Sure. So. You know, they, they could do that down the road. Maybe they do eventually design a box like that, and then they have the Switch as their handheld, and they have a box that kind of mirrors more of the PS4. But really, um, actually, Evan, I'll let you go before I before I start talking. <laughs> you can get out there. Uh, yeah, it'll get out there. From Nintendo's business standpoint, it's definitely better that they did it this way. I mean, they were already coming late to the game with the newer systems. So to release something similar would have just been washed out. Like, we already know what the other companies were doing. We're seeing what they're putting out. And then for Nintendo to be like, here's this. Uh, But then also historically with Nintendo, we have the issues of they don't really have as good of a social system in Mm -hmm. the consoles like the others do. So you'd literally be buying a PS4 without proper friends listing, proper, like, usual uh, game-finding functions and stuff. It would just be you need friend codes to be able to play co-op games and... this miserable downward spiral of everyone just pointing out like, no, that's bad. Held version say like it's unique and it's very separate from all that other stuff. And it's very apparent because it's a handheld and a console. So it's better for them to have that out than just a regular box. And I mean, I've seen people talking it's with THQ Nordic. It's a, the company is Nordic, and they just bought, I think, like 60% of the IPs or something yeah. that THQ oh, sold. <laughs> so it's not, even, it's not even THQ. It's just a bunch of guys who made like some other games for a while and now just have access to a ton of stuff. But, I, I mean, what if, I can't even remember the last thing they put out like directly, like myself, just because mostly I'm not. They're Darksiders mostly at this point, aren't yeah. they? Like, I mean, just yep. in general. Yeah, but yeah, they, they put out the, the new. Yeah, they did the re, they did the the remaster, I think, of Darksiders two, not the original yeah. release. But I remember the new, the new Darksiders sorry. coming out. It's missing like half the art team. Like, uh, it's and everything I've seen in the video, even though the combat seems interesting, a lot of the visual style just seems like it's missing. Mm. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll, t- I'll this is gonna be pretty easy. So we see the system right there that I have running, right? The Dreamcast. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. There, yeah, <laughs> the reason I love that system, and I'm sure Max, you love it too, is because yeah. Sega didn't really just put out a system that was boring. They put out a system that was interesting. I mean, it it puts out pure VGA. It it, mm-hmm. it has a memory card that has a screen on it, which was weird at the time. It came with a built-in modem that was like, like, what is Sega doing? You know, and it and it was something that they tried. They didn't use DVDs, unfortunately. They stuck with uh, what GD ROMs or something. ROM, yeah. Um, but even that was different at the time. It it ended up biting them, obviously, at the end. But it was it was different. It was a system that was so interesting because it was weird at the time. You know, I mean, otherwise you have the PS One, for example. That nowadays we look back and it looks almost you know basic. Uh, but no matter how much I go back to the Dreamcast, I go, wow, this is a cool system. I feel like even if I ever go back to the Switch, you know. 15 years from now, I would probably look at it the same way I look at Dreamcast because it's it's different. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe in 15 years we have way better hybrid consoles because that's where the you know everything goes. But at this point, I don't know why I would want Nintendo to make another standard system. Like, I feel like that would be boring. Um, I want them to try to, try to because Nintendo, 
really takes the gaming industry and kind of molds it how they want. And then people seem to kind of follow them along. I mean, the mm -hmm. really the joystick on the 64 became massive, obviously. And then we see the DualShock show up. And it, you can kind of go on from there. But really, I, I mean, how many of us have an Xbox, right? We all have Xboxes. Yeah. Like, I, I, don't, I don't need another one of these, you know? I just, I want Nintendo to make, like, good, different systems that keep me interested, not... Oh, I feel that they make. I feel like if Nintendo crammed themselves, I I feel like Nintendo would not make a good console if it was just trying to chase the PlayStation Four model and being the most simple, straightforward gaming machine with a controller. I feel like if they crammed themselves into that box, it would not be good. They are a company that requires some sort of gimmick, some sort of innovation, some sort of bizarre direction that nobody understands, but turns out to be awesome. If they just tried to make the PlayStation 5 before Sony could, I don't think it'd sell. Yeah, I just it would be weird. I mean, yeah, third parties would be happy, but then it, it would everything would just look the same. I mean, yeah, it would have Mario, and that's great, but I like being able to take the system with me. I don't know. It's, it's, it's different, you know? Also, I like NVIDIA getting back into the console game because they clearly would have gone to AMD and just been like, I want the PS4 chip in the system. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I, I like that idea. So, uh, so I guess we're all kind of on the same page for the most part that we prefer them to, to, to kind of do what Nintendo does and try to be different. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, who would have thought they could keep, like, taking Mario uh, you know, it's such a simple game and just turn it into so many different things. And I mean, we didn't think anything really would come from Odyssey other than a Mario 64. And then all of a sudden they kind of flip it on its ear, you know, and now it looks like a crazy unique game. Yeah. So it's Nintendo being Nintendo being creative. I mean, the Zelda, I mean, we thought we saw everything from Zelda, right? And then here comes Breath of the Wild, a completely different take on Zelda. It's kind of funny that Mario has been able to branch out so much. I look at all the franchises that try to branch out and fail. Like, who talks about Mega Man Soccer anymore? It was terrible. Nobody wants to remember it. But Dude, it so Sonic Shuffle, man. Yes, I own it. I tried to play it a couple weeks ago, and it's still a dumpster fire. <laughs> it's 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 crazy because really the two parallels you can look at um, is Sonic and Mario. Because mm -hmm. if you were around in like the early '90s, those were the those were it, you know, you were, you were on either side. You weren't on both. You were on like, I like Mario. I like Sonic. I love Sonic. Um, and uh, that didn't turn out for good for Sonic, obviously, because it shows, because the whole thing about Sonic is they didn't seem to be able to, um, I guess, innovate enough with him. Yeah. And it, it kind of turned into the same game over and over again, whereas Mario turned into like everything. I mean, they took Mario, they threw him in a tennis game and Mario tennis is like the best tennis game you can get and play on the GameCube. That's I, it. You know? I think it's the fact that the whole gimmick, the, the like Sonic relies so heavily on the speed gimmick. So when they started trying to make third person games, they still were stuck on the fact that you basically you just have to press forward. Like I love Sonic Adventure One and Two on the Dreamcast. A lot of people hate them because <laughs> they are almost like tunnel simulators at times. Yeah. You're just like shooting along, and be like, look at all this weird shit flying past. Don't stop to look at it. You're dead. <laughs> But, I mean, it, it, you know, it worked to an extent. Like, the first time you got that Dreamcast demo disc that came with it, and you popped it in, mm -hmm. and you're playing uh, Sonic Adventure, and that whale is behind you smashing the bridge. Yes. That was insane. Or you jump over to something like MDK. That was mm -hmm. so cool. Like, those, that was a great demo disc, by the way. That Tomb Raider, MDK, Sonic Adventure. Uh, there was a – was it Dead or Alive on there, too? I think Dead or Alive 2 was on there, and I think it, yeah. had, it had Sega Swirl. Like, the weird <laughs> – Oh, man. But – I just I, I feel like people are do they did the same thing with the Xbox One X by the way people want the Switch to be 
super powerful for a cheap price. And unfortunately, that's just not the way the world works. If they want the Switch to be, say, PS4 quality, it would be like five or $600 because they would have had to have R&D'd an entire chip with new components from the ground up and R&D goes into the price of the final console. Um, and based on that, the, the, the Joy-Cons, the dock, the power, everything that went into it, the power adapter even, which is, it's weird to say, but yeah, I mean, the power adapter is expensive. It's 30 bucks, something like that, right? It's like all that stuff they throw into the system in that box that you get is actually 300 is a pretty good price for that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It feels like everybody wanted something like, you know, 4K with the Xbox One X for like $300 for some reason. <laughs> and then it's 500 and people are losing their mind. But I don't really know. Some people, I'm not really sure what some people wanted with the Switch um, for what it is, uh, you know, for the price. Once I heard that they were doing like, it was going to be like $250 or $300, I, I had a feeling it was going to be similar to what it is now. It definitely wasn't going to be a PS4 Pro. Like, like there were people who were saying, oh, the remember there were, um, there were Japanese uh, uh, Twitter poster from the Wall Street Journal was like, oh, the screen's 1440p. <laughs> and it was just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a whole thing with that. But it's it, people don't want to pay a lot of money for certain things, and game yeah. consoles seem to be one of them. Well, so. I, I think 200 is the magic number in all the gaming world now. Everybody is willing to pay 200 That's like this magical line in the sand I've noticed. Like if you go every dollar you go over 200 it slowly becomes too much. 250 people are willing to be okay, but suddenly 300 is this egregious sin. Like now that they're marking the Xbox One and the PS4 down to 200 and a lot of sales, I've noticed their sales have spiked. Like they're just – people are grabbing them up faster than ever. Like suddenly, up oh, 199 I'll buy six. Yeah, that's why um that's why uh who you call it? that's why Xbox Microsoft was trying to get the Xbox down to um to 200 actually with the Minecraft game this past yeah. Christmas. So you can guarantee they're going to get sub 200. They're going to get 1999 this yeah. Christmas coming up. I can guarantee it. Yeah. Because the X will be out and then wow, look, this Xbox one is $300 cheaper. I'll take that. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what they want to sell. They don't want to sell the X as much as it sounds like they do, they don't. They'd rather sell the regular one. Hmm. Um, someone's saying I didn't see that yet. Apparently, there were some really bad comments made by uh, the Odd World um, developer. Yeah, really? yeah, there was um, there was a recent interview that got picked up. But I'm a big fan of the kind of funny and kind of funny games, and they had yeah, him same. on a podcast a few, maybe two months ago, I want to say, and mm-hmm. he was talking about how. He just absolutely hated the idea of the Switch, and he just wanted oh, something wow. that was equal to PlayStation and Xbox. Because now oh. suddenly you have to. Uh, but I think he was also saying he was against the PS4 Pro and like the Xbox Scorpio because it wasn't just making one version of your game. Now you had to make the Ultra 4K version, and you also have to make the watered down version. But you also have to make it interesting to take on the go me, because now it's it sounds, it sounds more like let me read this he, quote to you guys real quick this is one that apparently he made to kind of funny games the biggest problem i see at nintendo is the thinking personally oh, i shit. i think listen personally i think it killed awada that he couldn't move to the organization in a really successful arena oh my jesus christ whoa yeah that was during the podcast wow that's chill, chill has just left the room. My God, son! What? Whoa, and, and really, and really, the, I think it's yeah. taken a bit out of context. In the in the podcast, he made it sound more like 
Nintendo was hoping the Wii U would be a much bigger success than it was. And because the Wii U wasn't a success, it had everybody stressed. And yeah. the stress just added on top of Iwata's sickness. And then that ended up like being the extra that just he couldn't handle or whatever. Yeah, but with the rest of it, it sounds less like he's mad at the Switch and more that he's mad that he has to program for multiple well, platforms rather well, than just yeah. one thing. Which, that, that may sound small, but as somebody who has a lot of friends who develop games, apparently that is a huge No, yeah, it's huge. Like, That's why it was amazing when uh, Crytek came out with their engine originally that allowed it to immediately go onto multiple systems at the press of yeah. a button, but like no no other program does that anymore. No one really cares to like put that into their baseline engines. So it sucks, but like, I don't know to come out and just be like, oh, that's why the Switch sucks. It's like, uh, I don't, I don't know. You don't have to program for it. You can kind of shoot for what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you really have to work around the hardware you're given. Um, really, if that's the case, then you know I, they should complain about putting stuff on the PS4 because it's not a GTX 1080. Yeah, and that, <laughs> you, you you stole the words right out of my mouth, which I was about to say is if you want. Easy, air quotes, easy development, because don't get me wrong, holy hell, game development is a mess of difficulties. Just go PC, because trust me, there's a lot less certification to get on Steam. If it's really that hard, (laughs) take the easy road. People being like, man, I have to make it for 15 different consoles that all have millions of people as a fan base. What a pain in my butt. It's like, whatever, dude. Yeah, Yeah, I I know he's out of context, but really, uh, that's why you hire PR people to talk to others because really just bringing up his death wasn't probably right <laughs> like that's pretty bad i had something i would have just not he didn't even have to say it he, like i don't know why that was even a part of his thinking there it's weird well it must have been one of those times where we've all been in that scenario where you're everybody's cracking slowly darker jokes and then at one point someone's like i bet he died and you're like okay whoops okay suddenly we're all too far let's all be grown-ups <laughs> yeah i guess that's up. that's true yeah it, that's, it that's, did that's, get that's a bit possible. odd after that on the podcast. Yeah, like, did it, did it get really uncomfortable for a minute? Were they like, uh... Dude, I would have I laughed if Greg Miller stood up, took his headphones off, and was like, get out of my studio. This is kind of <laughs> funny. What are you doing? That's not funny. That's kind of mean. So wait, wait. Didn't didn't Iwata help invent the DS? He did, yeah. Okay. I, he, I heard that, I heard that system was, was uh, successful. <laughs> yeah, I heard, I heard one of my favorite, just as a side note, because I, I love Iwata. And uh, there was apparently Iwata would keep going down on the elevator and go to the R&D floor once every single like week. And he would pick up the prototype DS and he would put it in his pocket and then he would jump up in the air and it would fall out of his pocket and slam on the ground. And he'd basically <laughs> like, when I can do that 10 times and still play a game, your product is done. So once a freaking week, yeah. you go down there and pick up a prototype, this giant clunky original DS and be like, like, does it look like I'm having fun? Like, I don't know, sir. <laughs> that, that's that's probably why the original was so clunky. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were playing the jerks that come down here and slam on the ground, put more armor. Yeah, he was there for the Wii. I heard that system was pretty uh, successful, too. But but the other guy did create Oddworld, so I, I guess, you know. He should, yeah, that series is booming, right? I, I thought it was a bit odd because they make their games for PC as well. And they even made their games uh, available on the Vita, which is like an even less powerful portable system. Sure. Oh, yeah. So, like, yeah. I, don't, I don't see what the deal is. Like, if you wanted to make a game for the Switch, but you didn't want to, like, downgrade whatever new game you're working on, just take whatever you did on the Vita, up it, put it on the Switch. There you go. Well, yeah, even, I mean, the, the Vita is significantly weaker than the Switch, yeah. like, a lot weaker. <laughs> 
So, yeah, yeah. And then, it's, like if you're making a bunch of your games on PC, anyways, then you're going to have like the low setting type of uh, textures and everything. It mm. it is, but those are that's still. Uh, uh, people, we all. I've been reading a lot about game development recently, just for fun, just to figure out how it all works. And I found out that's that's a lot more complicated issue than we we actually think. It is a lot more of like learning uh, simple Chinese versus high Chinese versus learning uh, super advanced calligraphy in Japanese. Like they they seem the same when you look at them, but they're actually extremely different and intricate, complicated problems when it comes to developing. Even if graphics look the exact same, making something for this console versus this console is totally different animals. Mm, yeah, I, I mean, it makes sense. Um, and I, that's the thing that a lot of people are going to do, though, is they're going to look at something like Mario Odyssey and they're going to be like, this game looks good and runs well. Why can't you yeah. put your game on? You know, that's what that's what I, But there's stuff going on in the background. I will pretty much always say the people over at Nintendo who are designing games are probably the most talented uh, developers at working with the hard work given to them. Because if you look at something like Mario Odyssey 2, for example, I'm sorry, Mario. I'm sorry, Mario Galaxy 2. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and it's it's running on the, the Wii, which is really an overclocked GameCube. And mm -hmm. people are looking at that and being like, wow, this looks like, like a 360 game. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that is ridiculous for the art style, for the, probably, the, I'm sure, the graphical tricks that they're using, like people yeah, are saying the with the... sheer amount of tricks they had to throw in there. Yeah, well, like Odyssey, Odyssey has like the, the people are 2D when they're far off and then you get closer and they become 3D. Yeah, um, there's so many cool things they're doing with it to make it look as good as they do. And I'm going to tell you now, Odyssey is going to come out and people are going to have a hard time distinguishing that from a PS4 game. Yeah, it still reminds me. There was this guy, uh, uh, I think about 10 years ago now, who invented his own language and he wanted people to learn it. So he wrote a really, really good book, but only in his language. So to read the book, the only way that was possible to read it was by learning the language he invented. So it sort of reminded me of that of like uh, Nintendo has invented their own consoles that are actually pretty hard to make games for and then mastered it before anybody else so they can make games better than anybody else on their own thing. They're speaking their own language and we have to learn it. Like, that's one of the reasons I was really excited when I heard that uh, Metroid Prime is going to be in-house, because mm -hmm. that means those really talented developers are going to get their hands on Metroid Prime. People were like, oh, it should have been, uh, uh, who you call it, uh, Retro Studios. Should have been them, um, because, you know, they've done Prime. But I think the people in-house there are definitely more talented than the Retro Studio, just in terms of getting everything they can out of the switch obviously because they're in-house they know everything about it you don't have to send what memos or emails across you know the united from japan to the united states or wherever they are and um it's just i, I feel like metroid prime is going to be better off in-house even um, i know people are disappointed with that but maybe they're working on something different that that's new or something well i remember there was an interview with the people that worked on the original metroid prime and they said that a lot of the things that helped them out in development like a lot of Whenever they would get stuck on a problem, they would have a meeting or something with some of the people from Nintendo, and they got a lot of their advice from Miyamoto himself. So without having that boundary of like once a week or once every two weeks, however often they would actually communicate back and forth with Nintendo, if it's in-house, then they're going to have like direct communication 24-7. I mean, wasn't, uh, wasn't Final Fantasy pulled in-house because of uh no what, yeah. what yeah remember because we were talking about that max your uh yeah. your, the company you liked was working on it and then they come yeah, and Cy cyber connect yeah. too yeah <laughs> and uh so it just goes to show you i think it's just easier for them to to work in house on yeah. big budget games i actually thought that 
um, and I heard this in a few other podcasts I was listening to, but I was thinking the same thing that Final Fantasy VII is so beloved that if uh, Square Enix worked on the remake for Final Fantasy VII and it was bad, they would get a lot of flack from it. But mm-hmm. if another team worked on it, then they could put all the blame on the other team. <laughs> it, it is, so. but, but the problem is that if it's going to be three or four games, if the first one absolutely sucks, then they are fucking boned because every single sequel would sell perpetually worse which is what we saw with what cyberconnect's previous project is people who loved the first dot hat game bought it but then with each subsequent one they sold worse and worse and worse so they kind of i think they got a little bit nervous about that happening with this so they're like all right pull it in house we don't have time nice yeah uh, so that'll be it but really what's going to happen if uh metroid prime comes out and it looks better than a lot of games like that are on like you know it, it's comparable because then you're going to have a lot of uh a lot of people asking well if metroid prime looks that good then why can't you put darksiders 3 on this console you know <laughs> mm-hmm. that's what you're going to run into um or even kingdom hearts although i think kingdom hearts is more licensing issues maybe in the background like i said you got disney and some other people that are all i mean we're gonna i i still obviously we'll probably see maybe marvel a part of it too um but you're gonna see a lot of licensing issues i think i mean how long did it take for them to get spider-man worked out for avengers that, you know? that would make me so happy um because they, well, they, the, they can use marvel or star wars man yeah there was the thing lately uh well i guess a few months ago when marvel said that they were actually giving their uh, IP to talented developers to make the best possible game instead of just license, licensing it out to whoever. So it makes me think, like, at first we knew Spider-Man was being worked on by Sony. I believe uh, Square Enix is working on the Avengers thing. What would Nintendo work on if they did go to Nintendo? Ah, hmm. Like, what, what would be a good Nintendo Marvel game? Hmm. That is a good question. I don't. What would they work on? Hopefully X Men, so nobody else is. Oh, <laughs> that's a good. That's a good point. Would they do anything with X Men? Would they be able to do something with that? They're the, they're the redheaded stepchild. Everybody's ignoring X Men now. So <laughs> I would love if freaking Nintendo stepped in and said, "Okay, we're going to make a new game called Wolverine's Bloody Claws, and it's going to be rated R." <laughs> well, that's something well, to do with the, like like fo- like uh, who who owns X Men? Is it Fox? Fox. Yeah, yeah Fox. Fox. Yeah, because I mean they should be at least a cameo appearance in the in the um the whole Avengers storyline going on right now. At least to say that they're neutral and then they kind of move on. But uh, so someone in the chat said Punisher, a Nintendo yeah. Punisher game. Maybe we could have a Daredevil game. Yeah, I would not mind that. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we're uh, we're coming up on the eleven o'clock hour. If anyone had any questions in the chat, now's the time to ask them because we got about ten minutes before we we'll wrap up. Um, so let's let's take a look at the chat. If anybody has any questions, we can uh, we can talk yeah. about them or at least well, answer them. Well, while we wait for the chat to catch up to that, I do want to point out people mm-hmm. are, are mentioning. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this news article, but Capcom officially stated that the reason the X Men aren't going to be in Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite is because they assume that no one remembers yeah. them. Yeah, I put that wow. on. Did you didn't see that? I put that on Twitter. Uh, I'm a bunch more saying it on Twitter, so I saw it a bunch. But I just <laughs> that is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, like, uh, people were. This was hilarious. Yeah, I, I I took that quote. It was like in an article with Gamespot, I think. Yeah. And uh, I took that and I put it up, and people were putting some of these really hilarious memes in that Twitter um, in that Twitter uh, uh thread. It was really funny. My favorite. Yeah, but, yeah that that's so stupid. Well, wasn't Wolverine and Deadpool like the two biggest movies? Yes. Well, 
Well, and my favorite is some one of my fans photoshopped and sent me a picture where they redid Marvel vs. Capcom, so it says Avengers vs. Capcom. <laughs> I was like, well, damn, that's ouch true. Mm, let's see. Uh, no news on the Atari console yet. Someone just asked that. I haven't seen anything for that yet. <clears throat> Nothing new anyway. They, uh, they could always save the X-Men pack for DLC. Yeah, I think they probably will after they strike a deal or something. Yeah, um, I don't, I, Wolverine was a lot of people's mains from what I remember yep. in the past. Was yeah, Wolverine time. was huge. Iceman was huge in MVC two. Yeah. Like, yeah, didn't they? Yeah. Sorry, what were you? Going? I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, like most of those characters really played in. Like Magneto was always a huge character for yeah. a lot of people. The Sentinel was huge. They, like, they were considered the the entry level characters. They were the characters you picked up and learned. The same way a lot of people start with Samus and Link in Smash Bros. They were the core characters. The fact that they're cut is so bizarro to me. Uh, we have a uh, we have uh, people asking about platinum games. Did you guys see that where they tweeted uh, images that seem to allude to Wonderful One Hundred One possibly yeah, being the ported? Wonderful One Hundred One stuff, yeah. and then I also think, stuff for Bayonetta. I I think that's a fantastic idea. About a year ago, I did my uh, what I consider the top ten absolute best and definitive Wii U games, and I put uh, Wonderful One Hundred One on there. I think that game is a freaking extremely fun adventure that sold terribly. Yeah, it wasn't um, that game kind of reminds me of Beautiful Joe. I wonder if yeah. Captain's working on one of those. <laughs> I, I wish, man. I yeah. wish. Uh, would you rather have Wonderful 101 just ported over, or would you rather have like Wonderful 102, for example? I, I want Wonderful 102, but I don't think they have the guts for that. Like well, the first they, one. Uh, just keep. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, like, if they do it, it's gonna be called like Wonderful Infinite. Like they're gonna have to rebrand it real hard, which I'm fine with. So I, I would hope that it's something like Wonderful well, 101. The problem, the real problem, is that Wonderful 101. When you look at that, it doesn't sound like the kind of game that it is. You know, you wouldn't think of you would think yeah. that that's like a that's like a hundred and one games in one that's wonderful. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. The, well, when, when you look at like the cover, the box did not describe the game very well. You would not think of it as this game that's it's an action platformer kind of three D beat 'em up with. I would almost call it puzzle fighting mechanics since you're constantly building new weapons to fight, but the box is like, you want to go on a fun adventure? Pay me $60. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, um, yeah, you're right. If they rebranded it and called it something different or at least worked it out in some way, they probably would do better. It would definitely do well on the Switch only because oh, the yeah. Switch has this interesting... See, third parties are weird because if I was a third party right now and I knew I could bring something over as a port job... I would do it because Switch owners are always looking for that next big release right now, mm -hmm. at least right now, because we're waiting for they're waiting for new stuff to come out all the time. I think and, uh, Square Enix is doing. Oh man, I cannot praise Square enough for what I, I don't know if anybody's noticing what Square's doing, but right now Square is moving all their indie teams towards the Switch, and if it sells really well on Switch, then they just port it and make it a digital version on PS4 and Xbox One, or maybe even Steam. Like. I am Setsuna. Like those obviously came out first on. Uh, in that case, they came out uh, on PS4 and PC first, and then they ported it to Switch. But now they're doing like the opposite with what is it called? Lost Fear, Last Sphere, or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think that's so smart. And I think more people need to start having B teams that are just churning out like 16th month, 16 month development cycle projects on Switch, and if they sell like freaking hotcakes, bring them over to the main consoles. Yeah, we're still waiting for Octopath Traveler. Yeah, I'm hyped for that for that yeah. 16 second trailer we saw. I thought you it looks cool though. Yeah, Octo. Yeah, I would love. I deadliest catch. Bring it over, man. <laughs> that would be cool. Um, yeah, that's. A, I just want to see more about that. <clears throat> um, man, actually, Octo Dad would be awesome with the Joy Cons having to actually be like, <laughs> all right, now put your tie on. Oh, oh God, oh, I'm killing myself. 
Uh, someone was asking if the big reveal could be <coughs> Retro Studios' new game. Yeah, probably. Um, that yeah. that's actually that actually is a good point. I don't because we still don't know what they're working on, and apparently they're working on something. So that's yeah. uh, that makes a lot of sense. It could be that. Someone earlier mentioned uh, Zelda, and I think it's important to know that a lot of people don't realize that Nintendo always has at least two teams working on Mario and two teams working on Zelda. So while they're working on Breath of the Wild DLC next year, we're probably going to get the traditional, whatever the successor to A Link Between Worlds and Triforce Heroes is. So mm. that's a I mean, it answer. could also be Virtual Console, so I'm just saying. Yeah. It could just be the reveal of Virtual Console. I mean, because they could have different games on the Virtual Console, you know? So it's hard to say. Maybe 64 games, maybe GoldenEye makes an appearance. I That would That'd seriously be- get a lot of attention, a lot of positive press. If they were able to just be like, hey, look, it's done. Sorry we were finishing the online component, but this is it. This is the day Whoa. it's rolling out. Online, maybe it's like sixty frames per second, and it's like an it's like a uh, uh, an emulator built from the ground up because emulation for the sixty four is still terrible. <laughs> yeah, that, um, that's the worst emulated consoles. People don't realize it, but people still have not fully been able to properly reverse engineer an N sixty four. So if they brought it out themselves and said, "Hey, let me show you uh, how Daddy does it," man, people yeah. buy the hell. And, and it's like Goldeneye, ten bucks at sixty frames online, full online matchmaking. That mm. would be crazy. I, I freaked out when the um, Perfect Dark one came to the uh, 360. Yeah, same. Uh, and, uh, I love Perfect Dark. That was a lot of, and it, it ran so well on the 360. It did. I have oh, the man. the rare rare replay where it has all the original games. It's so fun just going back and playing like the uh, Conquer 64 on my Xbox One is super legit. I would love to see that stuff brought over that crisp, that clean, that frame rate on my handheld. Oh man, you'd never see me again. <laughs> is perfect dark on there too yes yes it is okay, cool. i just i remember i downloaded it that's the only reason i was curious um or someone was saying golden sun there's a lot of stuff they could do mm-hmm. there really is it's just who knows <laughs> basically it's like we just look we just wait for a direct to show up and then we're like oh <laughs> shoot the information <laughs> in my face and then walk away isn't yes. there one that's supposed to be coming like a, i yes there is I, I there was uh an unlisted direct. Oh, yes. Nintendo Direct is coming. Stealth, you know, the big Nintendo informant guy said that it's going to be the first week of fall or something. It's sort of oh. those like weird, vague, cryptic, like you will know as the sun sets. Really? But, yeah. Yeah. He's, he um, said specifically about it. Yeah, I read something that like before the Splatoon direct was revealed, there was an unlisted Nintendo direct Mm -hmm. and then they later updated it and announced it was going to be Splatoon. And remember they they did that before. Yeah, they did that before. This is someone that you're right. Someone's reporting uh, eight hours ago. It looks like it's a rumor, but this exact same thing they're talking about happened uh, two days before the Pokemon direct was announced. Mm. So yeah, they could be announcing one soon. Interesting. It's where like the website like shifts around or something. What games do they have that they could focus on? Unless it's Smash more Bros. Splatoon, Smash Bros. <laughs> uh, it, yeah. it could just be a, a big extra teaser on a uh, Mario Odyssey. I, I yeah. think that they're really changing up how they want it. It seems like they're trying to sw- change up the directs and make it where like every third direct shows a new game, but for the most part, it's just deep dive on existing games that would people know about. Well, really, I, they don't, I don't think they want to mess up their market right now for the holiday. Whatever they announce would have to come out at holiday. Otherwise, yeah. they want they really want to push what's coming out, and then they want to focus on next year, like in November or something. You know. Um, yeah. So I would I would assume that 
it's not going to be anything that doesn't come out in 2017, right? Um, yeah, well, yeah. They, they just yesterday, I believed, showed the Breath of the Wild DLC, like a clip. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Scene. Um, that could have come from, like, footage that they weren't going to use in an actual Nintendo Direct. So mm. they, like, E3's already passed. They didn't show anything for what the second set of DLC is going to be. So there has to be a Nintendo Direct coming sometime on that. Mm-hmm. It's it's weird. Yeah, that's the thing about Nintendo. They can they can have a mini E3 whenever they want. <laughs> they yeah. just say Nintendo Direct coming. It's gonna be ten minutes, but it's gonna be ten minutes awesome, and then twenty thousand people watching it live. I, yeah. I also expect them to do a Nintendo Direct sometime soon about just like a handful of indie games or third party like, games coming, like fairly soon, right? Like yeah, uh, I don't know, the next couple weeks really. I mean, we should see something. Um, but you said first week of, of fall. That's um, when is when is first week of fall? I think that's technically in four weeks. Uh, it, okay, the beginning of uh, or the the beginning of September, right? Or October? Let me get out my calendar. Okay. <laughs> Someone else saying they could localize Dragon Quest Eleven. Yeah, that could happen. Um, um I definitely the switch over there. I I definitely. Uh, more people are, are joking about it and murmuring about it and memeing it, but I do think we are going to get Mother 3 announced at some point. I just feel like at this point, now that we're seeing Star Fox 2, I think Nintendo realizes, like, oh, man, you can just sell these people to idiot- These idiots will buy stuff we made 20 years ago as long as we rebrand it and we'll make it look good. Yeah. Well, they could um, kick off a virtual console with that, or they could do what I was talking about, <laughs> which was make a uh, Game Boy Advance Classic. Yeah, box dude. that has that stuff on it. <laughs> That's what I want more than anything. I am the biggest Game Boy Advance fanboy on the planet. So man, just a little box, tiny little box too. Could probably be like this big. Have a little GBA uh, logo on it. HDMI cable out to your TV. You can play all of them right there at 1080p. They re-release a bunch of the uh, Game Boy Advanced micros. Well, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't have. A, I don't have it on my desk right now. I have one of those things. Uh, I have one of those flash cards. So I literally have a Game Boy Advance game with every oh, yeah. Game Boy Advance game ever on it. So man, if they just released that, I'd I'd pay a hundred bucks for it. I've seen that a couple times. Yeah, I told them. Yeah. Um, very good. Very good. Okay. I guess we're uh, we're just a little over time now. So I guess we'll wrap that up for tonight. Uh, pretty good. Pretty good podcast, I say. Right, guys. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. We had a good time. Being a good time. Um, let's see, uh, Max, where can they find you, man? Uh, I'm at just youtube.com slash dreamcast guy. You can check it out. I got a bunch of reviews up. Uh, I have a review of final fantasy 12, the Zodiac age going up Tuesday. And I just put up a video a couple hours ago about how you can actually use a PlayStation four controller on the switch. So if you want to see how to do that, it actually works way better than I expected. And you did your last, uh, what was your last top 10? Uh, a very controversial one. Top <laughs> 10 reasons the PSVR is already dead. So if you want to see how brought it up. <laughs> Hundreds of comments saying that I don't do any research and that I'm a dummy face loser. Uh, you can go dive in there. I am losing. Is that, is that likes or dislike bar like even that still? Yeah, it's, it it's like 500 dislikes, 500 likes. What's really weird? I did not lose any subscribers. A bunch of people are like, "You are an idiot," and I lost all respect. I'm gonna be watching the next 16 videos. Like, okay, uh, thank you. I respectfully <laughs> oh, disagree. Man. Thank you, Evan. Where can they find you now that you finished your first like straight up video? Yeah, well, I mean, we're going to keep doing videos here at Spawn. Yeah. We've got another one lined up, which you guys might enjoy. Um, I'll just link in chat.com, Twitter, Instagram, anything with that name. That's me. So. Yep. And, uh, yeah, we do have some interesting stuff coming up. Um, 
there'll be you'll see a lot of previews go up this week coming up for Splatoon 2 from a lot of channels. So I'll say that. Um, but uh, Jesse, where can they find you, man? Yeah, everything for me is slash Game Over Jesse. So Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all slash Game Over Jesse. Find me on there. If, uh, Zelda theories, uh, Zelda news, basically everything Zelda. I'm, I'm looking a big Zelda to fan, right? <laughs> yeah, just just a little. I'm looking forward to that uh, that top ten, Jesse. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna be your yeah. first viewer when that goes live, man. <laughs> yeah, three a.m. Three a.m. Well, okay, actually, maybe, what's, maybe what's that for you, what's, what's that for you? What's that for you over there? That's like, is that like one or two a.m.? Uh, what what time zone are you in, Jesse? Uh, I'm in Tennessee, so EST. Eastern. Uh, yeah, that's. That's at some point between when I collapse on my desk <laughs> and when I wake up and begin writing scripts. Okay, then. There you go. Awesome. Very good. Yeah, it was a fun fun podcast, guys. Um, you can check it out on SoundCloud. I'll actually put it up on Monday on SoundCloud uh, where people listen to it. Of course, if you're part of the Patreon page, I'm going to just go ahead and put that up in the next like hour so you can check it out there. The full video cast, too, not just podcast. But um, overall, a lot of fun. Thanks, guys, for watching. Again, you can subscribe to uh, any of these uh, guys down here, very lovely people, or you can, of course, subscribe to Spawn, Spawn Wave Media. And make sure you check us out, guys, every Saturday night, 9 p.m., for the most part. And next week we'll get Philip back here because he's uh, he's been he's been slacking a little bit with this birthday thing. Yeah, just, just a little. We'll get a loser. Yeah, we'll I'll get him back next week for you guys. Birthday. I know you guys miss him. So um, go tell Philip how much you miss him on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll see you guys next week.